bygones, the Animate Beale Rewatch podcast, where we rewatch every episode of Animate Beale through 2019 eyes. I'm Nora Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And yeah, yeah. we're here. That's the deal. That's it. That's the deal. Uh, you know the deal. Otherwise, what are you doing here? <laughs> um, we're on season two, episode two today. I know, two, two of two. Two of two, yes. yes. So, today, first episode this season without a guest, just us on our own. Yeah, yeah. Even though Matt was fun last episode. Matt was, yeah, good fun. Good fun. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's just us now. Yeah. For a little while. For a little while. We'll get more people back. Yeah. And then it'll be good. It will be good. Yeah. Yeah. But for now, just us, and we're diving into season two, episode two. They eat horses, don't they? Yeah, that's the name of the episode. It's a weird name. But... Yeah, well, it comes from the title of a novel from 1935 called They Shoot Horses, don't they? Yeah. That's about a dance marathon, I think. It was made into a film in the 60s. Yeah. Uh, but it's so a riff on, play on that. But yeah. yeah. So but... That might give us a clue about what today's episode <laughs> yeah. is about. But uh, it first aired 21st of September 1998. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the 90s, the decade more problematic than it looks. UK number one. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the artist who gets the title. Okay. Robbie Williams. Ooh. Wouldn't have been Angel because right. that was like ninety six or something, wasn't it? Ninety seven. Um, <sighs> ninety eight. God, I'm gonna kick myself. What is it? Millennium. Oh, of course, because we were about to go into the millennium. Yeah, um, in the US number one was still Aerosmith, and I don't want to miss a thing. Nobody wanted to miss any of those things. <laughs> they were there for it. Yeah. And the only other thing I've got is uh, 21st of September, so the same day, um, footage of the US President Bill Clinton's recent testimony to the grand jury about his relationship with Monica Lewinsky is released to the US television networks and aired by broadcasters all over the world. Yeah, this is actually interesting um, because to think about Ali McBeal, as we go through this season, Mm. this year was very interesting politically in America because the Clinton stuff was all unfolding and I've only recently got a really, a handle on how and what impact that all had and at what point because I was what I listened to I think I've mentioned it in a uh, podcast we did last season Um, Slate uh, did a podcast called Slow Burn and their second series of that was all about the Clinton uh, yes See, it is one of those things where I was quite, yeah I've been too young at the time to really have an interest in any of it but I'm 99% 99% sure that what was unfolding in real life had an influence on the writing of this mm, show. Really? Or I, I think that a lot of people will have been watching um, lots of shows at that yeah. time, but also Annie McBeal thinking, oh, I wonder if they're going to do like a little nod or a wink to it or yeah. acknowledge it in some way. Um, yeah. And I think like that the public consciousness around 
sexual harassment at that time mm. and the reaction to what was going on with the consumers. Do you maybe think that's why David E. Kelly got such a fixation on sexual harassment? Maybe, although he seemed to have it before, before that all came it, out. Uh, yeah. um, but I think it would have wouldn't have hurt like yeah, there was a public appetite topic. for this yeah. and so obviously he was like oh well I'll capitalise on that as well yeah. And, yeah. but it was just interesting if you listen I really recommend that podcast I will because I think it's worth because it's one of those things that just kind of I would I would have been aware of it but not really known what it was or what it meant what's or... nice about this podcast is they don't just start they do start with that, but they go right back to like how the Clintons became this political power couple, like right back in some of yes. the other scandals that existed before there was even an inkling of him becoming yes. president that had a hangover effect into when all of this uh, came out as well. Okay. But it was just interesting, like a lot of the attitude amongst liberals as well yeah. was it was her fault. Well, this is the thing, and I think it's only literally in recent yeah. years that people have gone back and been like, wait a minute. What, like, yeah. Monica Lewinsky. the president. Yeah, Monica Lewinsky was treated horrendously yeah. by the world yeah. over over this. And, and I it had was that so impre- undeserved. I had the impression that it was her, like, mainly her fault for years. Yeah. And it's only recently yeah. that I'm like, hang on. Yeah, because it's that thing of, like, that's what happens when you're saturated in a culture that is is saying that over yeah. and over again. It just becomes... Well, that's the, the fact, isn't it? of... Yeah, yeah what that, happens. That's, that's just what happened. Yeah. Like, that, that becomes fact. Yeah. Rather than... No, that's just the way you framed it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and there's a huge difference between fact and framing that fact. But you I know think what I mean? what the podcast does very well is it lays out it plays out all of the things that happened factually but then also how they were framed like yeah. almost it's that not in twisted. real time but yeah. it was it's in order so you you get in the podcast the things that happened at the same time as they happened in real life yes. so that you can layer in the same order as people mm. and for people like us who are com- almost completely new to the entire story it's very yeah. enlightening to be like hear those facts and be yeah. like, would I have had that reaction at the yeah. time? Or was that, you know, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's very interesting. He interviews uh, yeah. a lot of people involved with it as well. So it's, it's fascinating. fascinating. But yeah, I really yeah. recommend that for the second time. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how, um, when we rewatch this show, if we think about that as the kind of context of the American yeah, what's world, happening, political world like, at that time. Yeah. It's just interesting. The scandals that are unfolding. Remember that that's what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's dive in to episode two. Is that it for cultural stuff? You only it got is. one thing. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. Oh no, three things. Okay. Well done. Sorry, not a lot was happening. In <laughs> no September, one died though, or yeah. was born. No. no, no, really not. Okay. I, seriously, it was a pretty Slim dry pickings. month. <laughs> Slim pickings. All right, so, um, so we open on Nell. She's doing her hair in the unisex, and then we hear a flush. And John walks in holding his remote, so he's clearly remote flushed. Mm-hmm. And he explains to Nell because obviously this is the first time she'll have seen it. I like a fresh bottle, and she's like. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but before John goes into his stall, he sort of stops to chat with her and be like, are you enjoying yourself so far? And she's like, I am actually, it's a nice group. And then she does her lipstick and you hear the boom, 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 boom
uh, nodding his head to it, like yes. in his head, and there's like this real close up on Nell doing her lipstick, and then the music cuts, and Nell just turns to her him and says, "John, can I ask you something?" And then yeah, and I was just like, "Is this the first time she's got his name right?" Because <laughs> she's been calling him Paul, Paul I know. and Bunyan. <laughs> I'm sad that that didn't carry on because it was really funny. But yeah. yeah, sure. I'm glad she's learned his name. Yes. Um, he's like, sure, and she says, "Are you?" drawn to me and he's like baguette 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 and then he accidentally <laughs> flushes as well because he's holding the right still and then he says why would you ask that um and she's like well sometimes women have an intuition about these things plus richard told me <laughs> <laughs> and that's when ali comes in and she's kind of overhearing the conversation yeah. and sort of smiling a bit and then nell continues i have certain rules about dating men i work with but and I make then, them up as I go along. Well, then she sees Ali, and then she's like, but I make them up as I go along. And I was like, did she just say that to, like, fuck off Ali? Or is she just... Either way, I'm yeah. fine. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I am. <laughs> but I'm just like, I wonder whether she knows that she's riled up the women in the office simply by being yeah, there. Being there yeah. Like, is she just... She's just, like, having her fun with it because it's like, well, what else is there to do? Yeah. You know, like... um, but she, she now leaves as she, after she says that, and yeah. Ali goes, it's official. I hate her. Like, through gritted teeth. I know. And I'm like, sure. Why? Fine. Expend your energy on that. Yeah, like, it's just like... like a waste of time. <sighs> really. But it's sad. It just says so little about her. Mm. Like, it's such a sad... Indi- it's like any bully. It's like, it all comes from a place of their insecurities, and I just pity them. Yeah, and I just think... This is, uh, I think this is, and I think we talked about this the last episode, this is such an odd thing to do, Mm -hmm. because you're making all your main characters that the audience has come to love look like a real bunch of nasty people, and I don't understand whether, uh, and I don't understand why you do that, and then I'm like, well, I, I wonder whether they actually thought they were making the audience think that Nell was horrible. Yeah, it's like that thing, like, if you just state it as a fact by the characters that you love yeah. enough times, then the audience will believe will, it. Will believe but, like, it. look at that exchange. It doesn't... What Nell said shouldn't give Ali any a cause reason. to be, like, I hate her through gritted teeth. Like, she just says, oh, I make up the rules about who I date as I go along. Like, you're not interested in anyone in the firm, really? Ali, so what is the fucking problem? Yeah, I know. It's <sighs> just like... It's not like she's like, I have rules about men I work with. I only go after them if they're interested in Ali. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, there's yeah. nothing... Uh, it's completely... Ridiculous. Ridiculous, and it makes her look like a real dickhead. Yeah. Well, anyway, then we cut to John storming into Richard's no. office. Um, and Richard is sort of... Uh, tapping on a calculator as he's <laughs> yeah. in, almost like he's never seen one before um and he goes um did you tell nell porter i was drawn to her and richard just pauses and goes yes yes sorry, sorry. bye <laughs> and he's like unacceptable he puts like his jacket the bottom of he's his like jacket over his head the corner of his jacket over his head yeah. and he's like what I tell you, I have an expectation of privacy. And he's like, John, which is why I'm apologising. 
bygone squares. And John is like completely covered his head yeah. with a jacket now. Clearly, absolutely mortified. <laughs> He's like, no. And Richard's like, you know who Harold Wick is? The shock jock of the airways? Of course you do. And uh, uh, John's like, he's vulgar. Yeah. And Richard, like from under the jacket, yeah. you can't see his face anymore. And Richard goes, we're also suing Nell's client. Extremely hot copy. We have an excellent chance to boost our profile and erode the First Amendment in the process. It's not often we get a case where principle coincides with profit. And I'm not about to take time out just because I've breached some little trust thing you and I got going. And then he sort of peers at him in his jacket, like as he's walking past. He says, We're late for a staff meeting, off we go. And then we just sort of see John's face like, in the gap of his jacket. Out from like, underneath. Almost like a nun's habit yeah. like, around him. And he just looks really anguished. Oh, like, no. oh god, I can't believe he told so her. Mortified. Yeah. Oh, and then we're it. then we're in titles. So he's like, Richard clearly hasn't paying any attention to like what he's done wrong to John. No. And he's very excited about his new I mean, high profile I, client. I wonder whether Richard sees as what he's done not as a betrayal but as a favour. Cause he like he knows, no doubt he knows that John is never planning on asking Nell out. Right. And I wonder whether Richard's just like So that she oh, can let's, just cut to the chase. Let's just drop that in there and see if she's interested. I might get my mate a date. Yeah, maybe. Like, you know what but I mean? But also, he's like, I've got no time for this. Yeah. Like, for God's sake. We've got money, money to, to make. Money to make, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so after titles, it's Boston in the daytime, and they're having their staff meeting, and they're all around the table, yes. um, including Nell. Yeah. Um, and Billy's going, wait, this woman. And Nell's like, her name is Ling. And yeah. I'm like, Ling? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Billy's like, Ling, she's a plant manager. And Richard's like... Yes, and he's eating crisps, yes. like, at the conference yes. in the morning. Um, and Billy's like, and he's suing Wick, the guy on the radio. And Richard's like, yes. And Billy's like, does how Wick have anything to do with this manufacturing plant? And Richard's like, no. And Billy's like, then how? What am I missing? And I'm like, so much, Billy. So much. <laughs> but that's when Nell says, he broadcasts a sexually charged programme um, that contributes to sexually charged working environments all over. And John has his, like head in his hands um to like and it's almost like he's scared to look at Nell yeah like while she's yeah, talking just, but she yeah. continues going especially places like manufacturing plants which are dominated by male workers with the IQ of meat um and Georgia says so we're suing a radio personality for contributing to sexual harassment at a steel plant and Nell's like exactly Georgia <laughs> and Billy are like Puff. yeah they're this laughing is, this like, is stupid ridiculous. like for god's sake yeah. and Richard is smiling and Billy's like that is I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. And he's like, this is the most patronising thing he's ever said. He goes, I'm sure you're a good attorney, but as a cause of action, that is laugh out loud ridiculous. And I'm like, fuck off. And I then now to her credit, it's like, great. It's always more fun when I can give a cute guy a giggle as I go about my business. And I've just got a note that says, I like her. I know, <laughs> but I love, Georgia is just suddenly like, mm, like uh, now. I know. It's, uh, yeah. Um, and, and then she goes, I could use another body on this. Could you jump in? And, and Georgia's Georgia. like, no. And I, just, I don't like how they're writing Georgia's reaction to Nell. Like this is the easy Jeal- like the lazy jealous wife trope that they successfully avoided with Ali and Billy yes and they've just brought it here yeah for no real reason yeah. like Nell is clearly just joking when she's yes 
like yeah. having a laugh with Billy. And she was clearly joking in the unisex, like last clearly, episode, like when the, she was like, oh, she's she's given no reason to think that she actually, she's actually is interested after him. in Billy, yeah. She just keeps doing it because it gets this reaction. Yeah, because. Which, to be honest, is hilarious. I did, <laughs> it was me, I would do the same thing. It's like, Georgia, but I'm just disappointed that they. We talked a lot last season about how it would have been so easy for them to write her as this jealous, angry woman. Yeah. And with more, like, right to to be, be, like, with Ali. Yeah. But somehow they've shoehorned it in here and it just doesn't feel right coming from Georgia giving that was her reaction to Ali, who actually genuinely still has feelings for Billy. I wonder whether it's as fucking, like, shallow and surface level as, oh, but now's another blonde. It might be, but it's like that makes it even more. I know, which uh, yeah, it does, it does, because I feel like Georgia is better than that. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like what what is happening here is is sort of retro retroactively making her not as not as good a person. Like not, I don't know, like what the word is, but and it's also it feels like it's undermining. George's, she felt really well-rounded as a character coming out of the end of last season. Mm. Um, Like, we'd really got to know her. Mm. um, And she had this, like, interesting friendship with Ali that was tense at times because of the background with her and Billy. But now it's making it look like her reaction to Ali is very similar to the reaction she would have had with... Like, whenever she did get jealous about Ali, it's now, like, comparing with how she is with Nell, it's like, oh, do you just, like, snap at everyone who shows an interest in Billy? Like, it's just weird. Like, I don't... I I think... uh, Yeah. I just felt disappointing. Yeah, it feels like... uh, It wasn't doing... To me, it felt like it wasn't doing Georgia's character justice. It felt like it was the wrong words come... Like, they'd written her as a different character. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. And this... Like, there's something about now that threatens her in a way that was is more threatening than Ali. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. No. And I think also, like, I can believe Ali is bitchy and catty a lot of the time, as much as I don't like it and as much as I think it's a product of the writer's attitude mm. towards women and what he thought women were like. Are like, yeah. Um, at least she's been consistent in mm. that. Yeah. And Elaine also... For the most part, yeah. Georgia, it's I've never seen, seen her, her be like catty yeah. for no reason, and she just is with Nell, and I don't buy it. I just yeah. don't buy it. I just don't think it it fits. Like in. any of the interactions she's had with Billy have clearly been tongue in cheek. Like she's yeah. not genuinely making a play for him. And, and Georgia, I feel like Georgia would have got. That. Yeah, Georgia is smart enough to get that and see that, and I just feel like it. This jars a lot with a lot Georgia's character. Um. But yeah, anyway, Richard says that Ali would do um, the case, the manufacturing plant case, and she's like, what? And he's like, well, John's in trial, George's Georgia's second chair, chair, we've all got work, let's move. And Ali's like, <sighs> and Nell's like, I'll get you the file. And she smiles like nicely at her, and Ali's like, fine. I know. It's like, sure. So then we get Ling. We Our meet first Ling. scene with Ling. Yeah. So, played by Lucy Liu, Lucy obviously. Liu. Yeah. Lucy Liu. Um, and my girl Drew. No. <laughs> Our girl Drew is not here. But I thought, let's pause here because Ling's a really interesting character. Yeah. In regards to her place in American culture. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, 
And I'm just going to go to my Wikipedia article to speak about it. And then there's the research, <laughs> aka Googled it. Yeah, the, the, the lazy person's research tool, Wikipedia. <laughs> um, basically, so at that time, and it's not a million, it's not lo- loads better nowadays, no. but at that time, Ling was pretty much the only representative of Asian American women on American TV at that time. Yeah. Which is mad, for one thing. But as a result, it attracted a lot of, like, academic analysis of her character and her portrayal. And I just thought it would be interesting, before we go into meeting her, like, actually read some of the things that people have... Like academics have like written about her. Yeah. Okay. So um, hit me, hit me with the books. <clears throat> yeah. So Ling Wu's character has been described as the antithesis of Ali McBeal. Ling as evil, and Ali as good, which we've already discussed last episode. Is, is bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And Edward said, who's the author of a book called Ori- Orientalism, said uh, the character's main function was to inject into the show sensuality promise terror sublimity idyllic pleasure intense energy elements long associated with the orient in western culture university of wyoming associate professor tracy Patton sees Wu as the embodiment of the asian fantasy woman the seductive temptress expert in eroticism mm. who is knowledgeable in the art of sexual pleasure unknown to the western world mm. All she does is, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, no. And then the, like, harshest critic I, I saw of it is um, uh, someone called Daryl Hamamoto, who's the professor of Asian American studies at the University of California. Mm. He described Ling as a neo-Orientalist masturbatory fantasy figure concocted by a white man whose job it is to satisfy the blocked needs of other white men who seek temporary escape from their banal and deadening lives by indulging themselves in a bit of visual cunnilingus while relaxing on the sofa. Wow. I know. And I mean, I think we'll see this as... I I don't think they're entirely wrong about what what they're saying. And also there's that thing of, like, Ling does represent uh, a stereotype of the dragon lady. Like, this powerful prickly asian woman yeah um who's but there's also like mystically yeah sensual and yeah Yeah. almost like a geisha yeah like very like she can be very very hard and like cutting one minute and then the next minute be extremely soft and and um, mysterious yeah exactly and i think and when that is your only representation of yeah. Asian American women on mainstream TV, that's a problem. Yeah. Like when, you know what I, I mean? I don't think I appreciated that she was the only representation. No, I, I didn't. I think when we watched it, I'm trying to think, like, I didn't watch it thinking, huh, an Asian. Like, no. I've never, I've never seen that before. Like, you know? Like, <laughs> so I don't know if, because I'm trying to think, can I think of any... Um, Asian women on British or Asian anyone on British TV we didn't really have 
well, we... like Chinese or Japanese or Korean like sitcoms or anything like that. I mean, I know um, we have a big Indian population. Yes, um, and so we had, we had like, like goodness gracious me. me. Yeah, um, which was a seen as a program. landmark comedy program. Yeah, like, well, what? it was brilliant. It, yeah, yeah, but also like it broke through some barriers. That yes. We, but it was the first time there'd been like a prime time all Indian cast yes. on yes. a comedy show. Like yes. it really broke down some it sent up stereotypes, yes. but also in doing so broke them down yes. and uh, did a lot, I think, for representation. But in regards to like East Asian or Southeast yeah. Asian um like people And maybe I'm I, trying to think. Like I'm like, do, is it just because we don't have a high population? But it, we don't have a like a tiny population. population. No. Okay. But yeah, it's, I, it's yeah. I don't. Well, I think it's that thing of like you don't know you're missing it because you're not you're re you're well represented. Mm, yeah. Like you don't know. Like you're you're only gonna feel that if you look around and see that your face is not anywhere. Well, it's interesting because it's only recently that we've had more diverse. Films being commissioned with leads that aren't just white. Yes. Like the uh, Crazy Rich Asians, which I saw in the cinema yeah. um, last year, and uh, the Netflix To All the Boys I've Loved Before, which is Killing like, Eve. Asian. Yeah, like that. I know from seeing the reaction on Twitter that a lot of Asian viewers were like, well, this is the first time this I've seen huge. me yeah. in a rom-com. Like, we're not considered. Like, yeah. I think this is the thing. There, were, there are people of Asian um, background and heritage being cast in roles, but they're, they're the wrong roles. They're the background roles, yeah. they're the evil roles. They're not the leads, they're no. not the romantic leads. They're no. not the heroes, do you no. know what I mean? Yes. Um, yes, And I think that's the difference. Yes. They're like, stereo they, they were always, up until very recently, put in very stereotypical. Or like you say, just very background. Yeah, like, like oh, we need to look a bit diverse, shove an Asian person yeah, in, a black yeah, person exactly. in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly, very token, very... Very United Colours of Benetton. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Like, and, and I think, uh, yeah, it's extreme, only extremely recently that we've yeah. had more roles. Yeah, so that's interesting, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with her role and yes. how I react to it this time round, yes. because I don't remember much at this point in time about what I thought about Ling. But I think it's just Before. good to go into it bearing in mind that, that she does context, represent yeah. a lot of problematic, a racist stereotype yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I and I just think, and I don't blame Lucy Liu for no. that. Like, no. if, if your choices are between, you know, racist stereotype, but it's on a huge, huge show, at, or nothing like yeah yeah what are you gonna do yeah. well you're gonna take the options that you, you know the opportunities that you have and use it as a stepping stone well, which is what she did they'll use they'll just cast a white yeah, person and like just Asian cast, her up they'll just cast someone else who is willing to do it and, and it and I don't I don't blame people uh, you know who are marginalized already making the best of shitty options yeah uh, and good for Lucy Liu, like she went on and did Charlie's Angels yeah. and Kill Bill, and yeah. like she actually made a movie career for herself in the yeah. 90, like um, yeah. late nineties, early well early two thousands. And really, then she went it? back into and then TV, she went back yeah. into TV. But now she's doing like things that she's been in elementary since twenty twelve. Yeah, I've not ever watched any of it. No, but it's I don't get the impression that her race 
is played upon in the way that it is in Ali. Yeah. Like, um, it's not wrapped up in those things, yeah. is my impression. Yeah. Okay, well, so, let's meet Ling. Let's. So, Ling is walking through Cajun Fish and she bumps into Elaine. And Ling says to Elaine, I'm looking for Nell Porcel, can you help me please? And Elaine's like, her office is, and Ling interrupts her and says, I tried her office, she wasn't there, hence my need for help, have I come to the wrong person? And Elaine's like, you would be her closest friend? And Ling's like, I'm a client. And that, at that point, Nell comes over, arrives. Yeah. And it's like, oh Ling, and she's like, oh hi Nell. And, she, and Ling looks really relieved, yeah. like, thank God I'm not stuck with this awful woman. <laughs> um, and they kind of kiss each cheek. And she yeah. says, I'm extremely anxious. And Nell's like, oh we'll get through it. And she's like, but facing him and why have you switched firms you know how I am with change and, and I was like it'll be fine Elaine's just like staring at Ling like yeah. she can't believe there's an Asian woman is. in our office <laughs> and then Ling's like very quietly I'm very anxious I have to say and now it's like Ling it's just a deposition relax and Elaine just keeps staring and Ling just stares back at her yeah. and then she says Ling says Maybe it's just too much newness. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. interesting first impression. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's prickly. Well, I think... I think she's assertive. Yeah. And I think she's also She really... doesn't suffer fools gladly. No. Which I don't actually think is a bad quality. No, I don't person. think that's a bad quality. And the thing is, is that women are expected to suffer fools gladly. And yeah. that's a fucking burden that should yeah. not be put on us. Yeah. Um, and so I'm glad that she doesn't. No. But also, I think she, she comes across, and we'll see more of this in this episode, like she has social anxiety. I think she probably does. And I feel like, oh, that's probably... Yeah, like, I've been, there are times when I've been really irritable because I'm socially anxious. Yeah, well, she even says here, I'm, like, anxious. Yeah, like, like she actually says, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just, like, I have a lot of, like, sympathy for yeah. Ling. But I'm, like, the last thing you need is someone just staring at you, like yeah. you're an alien from out of space Exactly. Landed, like, exactly. Like, like a what's your fucking problem? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Go do some work. So anyway, <laughs> Nell rescues her, um, yeah. and then we're in a new scene, and we're in court, and there's, like, this older man who's sort of dressed very smartly on the stand, and he's testifying to the opposing counsel, saying um, he it was um, him and his wife's anniversary, so he wanted to make everything very special, and that's why he took his wife to a French restaurant um, and we ordered the chef's menu thing and the opposing counsel's like chef's menu thing and he's like oh you know it's a set thing and I feel like I was like I think he means a set menu yes like, <laughs> it's not that exotic like <laughs> and he says and he says oh. vichy cold soup and I'm like do you mean vichy, vichy soir? Soir, yeah. yeah and then he says foie gras and I was like oh my foie God. gras yeah. like can you not speak like none of this is how it's meant to be pronounced no. and he says Stuff you'd never order in a million years. Mm -hmm. And then um, the opposing counsel says, Do you, they tell you what you're eating when they serve it? And he says, oh, it's more tasty in French. So we didn't really ask. A French fry is good, but a pomme frite. I've just got a note here that says, then you're a fucking idiot. Case dismissed. <laughs> like, I'm just like, right, so you didn't ask what you were eating. And now you're upset because you've eaten something you didn't want to eat. Well, we find out what <laughs> yeah. that is because um, the opposing counsel says, later you did... And the guy says, on the meat. And he says, it was so good. I said, I've got to know what kind of cut this is. And that's when they told me it was a horse. Horse. Horses in trigger, as in secretariat. They served me and my wife, Mr. Ed. And I'm like, 
<laughs> no, they didn't, but sure. Um, and at that point, when he says Mr. Ed, John has had his head in his hands, kind of slumped a little. Yeah. And when he says Mr. Ed, he kind of right, his ears kind of prick up, yes. like he's like suddenly like, huh, what? Um, and the opposing house continues and says, well, what happened when they told you? And he was like, well, I became nauseous. As, as did, did my wife. wife. And I'm just imagining like Mr. Creosote from Monty Python. <laughs> 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 And he says, well, uh, were there any other consequences for you and your wife besides nausea? And he says, well, we had sleeplessness, even depression. We're both animal lovers, horse lovers in particular. The idea that we ate one, it repulsed us. It It still still does. does. And then we hear the noise of like a gallop and everyone turns. (laughs) And John has a tape machine and he's like accidentally, let it go. And and John apologises and says one of his props went awry. And I'm like, like, yeah, sure, John. Sure. But like this to me is like the, the stupidest fucking case well, it's, in the whole it's world. It's a stereotype that I like to think is a stereotype, but sadly gets proven true too much of the time. Is that Americans <laughs> like oh, just are very ignorant yeah. about other cultures? Like yeah. they don't care as long as it's Americanized for, enough for them to be able to be like, oh sure, this is fancy. Don't care about the background. Yeah, like I'll just adopt it and eat it. Like. It's like the worst, like some of the worst accusations that get thrown around at Americans, um, and I don't like it, um, no. but it does happen. It does. Like, actually, like, it happens, and it's not just accused, like, it does happen. Like, yeah. I've seen people just assume things about other cultures or just be very ignorant just of other cultures. Just be very, yeah, clueless in that regard. And yeah, I, I think it's unfortunate because that gets conflated with just being stupid. Yeah. And it's like, no, there there is a difference between yeah. someone having a low IQ yeah. and just not knowing something. Yeah. Like, uh, that's just, knowledge is not intelligence but and vice versa. And I love America because, yeah. and a lot of our listeners are American, so I'm not trying to offend anyone. No. But I, I'm a massive fan of America. I love a lot of Americans. I, you know, lived there. Like, I love it. Yeah. But they... One of the things that I know from talking to Americans yeah. that I'm very good friends with is they admit they're like, we do not have like the media and the things that yeah. we're sort of given as a daily diet of like awareness of the world is so insular, it's so yeah. America focused. Whereas in the UK or in Europe or elsewhere in the world, we tend to get a much more global. Look, yeah, of what is going it on. It was really. I saw this video when I lived in America. I genuinely, it was so hard. I know the internet exists. Yeah, it's less hard than it used to be. But that like instincts to find out about what's going on in the rest of in the, the world. rest of the world yeah. is just not there yeah. for Americans in the same way that it is. I for saw us. this video, and it's one of those things where it's like this could have been faked, but it might not have been like where a guy is on the street with a map of the world <laughs> except it's it's they just moved so you know how you traditionally will see how a map is laid out you have like america um and south america on like the left and you have like australia on the right and like everything else in the middle yeah yeah it, it, they just swap those round right so america is on the right and the rest of the world is on the left yeah because obviously it's a globe like yeah, it doesn't matter like it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly and then they were just like point to anywhere on the map and name a country and like there were a shit ton of American people that couldn't do it. Oh, couldn't even no. point out their own country. What? Like, and it was just like, and they were just like, uh, like pointing to like South America and being like, 
Africa. And they're like, no. <laughs> and they're like, I know South Africa is somewhere here. And they're like, that's North Africa. And it's just like, stuff like that. That was just like, oh my God, you, like, what? <laughs> but it's not, to a large extent, I can't blame the average American. Mm. I can't because it's not their fault. Mm. They are, the school system is not set up to have a global focus. It's very America America. Um, the media is in no way at all globally focused unless you specifically seek out a global news yeah, channel. Yeah. Like it's like if you're and just living was, your life. I just felt so bad for people I'm not being saying, asked because they were just like, well, this is embarrassing. I don't know anything about geography. But then <laughs> when you do talk to a lot of Americans, they're like, God. Yeah, you're right. Like, I should... Like, I'd swap what I know about their country versus what they know about my country. Yeah. And it would be... I would know a lot more about yes. America than they would ever know about yeah, the about UK. Britain, yeah. Which, fine. Like, I yeah. don't... It's just... But it's just that attitude and that, like... Uh, not even philosophy. knowing I, I think there's there's a problem when you don't even know what you don't, don't know. know exactly like that's that's a yeah. problem and I'm not saying there aren't people in the UK who are just as ignorant oh definitely for are. sure definitely yeah. are but I'm just saying as a rule I tend to find it more true than not that yeah. we in the UK are more um uh I don't know globally minded or globally interested yeah in the, the, the America is unless there's something going on in the world that affects America. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not heavily reported on. You have to yeah. really, like, seek it out. Mm. Um, like, I had to, to find out... When I lived in America, we were electing the new London mayor, and I had right. to really, like, be on the BBC news, otherwise it just wasn't reported. It wasn't going to be reported. No. Whereas I feel like big news about the New York mayor, for example, would be reported on the BBC yeah. in the UK. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, like, yeah. that difference. Mm. So yeah, so that the, this kind of man talking on the stand just reminds me of that. Yeah, it, like, it feels like yeah, a bit of a unfortunate because it's true sometimes yeah. stereotype of American. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, and so John's prop goes off. He apologises. Judge Walsh is the person that's residing, so he um looks really stern at him. <laughs> yes. Like how dare you? Um. So then we're at Cajun Fish again, and two men get out of the elevator that we don't recognise, mm. and one of them bumps into Elaine as yeah. she's walking past. She's like always bumping into people today. Yeah. And the man says, oh, I'm so sorry. And Elaine's like, oh, that's all right. And then she immediately, rec there's a recognition that kind of flickers across her face, and she starts gushing, going, yeah. you're Harold Wick. Oh, I'm Elaine Vassal. I'm a huge fan. And like shakes his yeah. hand, and it's like, oh my God. And she says, though, I should say it quietly since my office is suing you. And yeah. he's like, sure, I understand. And um, his lawyer is like, come over here for the deposition. Yeah. Um, and Elaine's showing him in there, and she just says, may I just say, on your show, you talk about women as if they're all cheap. You see, my entire life, I've been cheap. It wasn't until I listened to your show that I realised I wasn't alone in the world. And I'm like, Elaine. Oh, honey. You need a friend. Uh, and Harold Wick is like, oh, I'm happy to have helped. I just want to say uh, Harold Wick is played by Wayne Newton, who okay. sung Dankeschön, darling, Dankeschön. From Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Thank you for walks down Lover's Lane. But well, he sang that. That's his song. That's the song he's most famous for. He's a singer? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Oh, is that his like original song? I think so. Let's have a look. He's okay. one of the best known entertainers in Las Vegas. Oh. Um, he is known by the nicknames of Mr. Midnight Idol, Mr. Las Vegas, and Mr. Entertainment. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, his signature song, signature song, Dankeschön, 1963, was notably used in the score for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, there it's you awesome. go. How old is he then? He must be pretty old. He is old. now 76. So he was, what, in 1963? Almost like 20 years. Oh, oh wow. Oh, 63. Yeah. Um, he would have been 19. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gosh. 42, 52. No, that's not right. 1963. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No. What? 21. 21. He was 21. He was born in 42. Yeah. 42. 21. 52, 21, yeah. Yeah, so he was 21. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What a career. I know. There you go. Interesting. And what's he doing on Iowa Beale? I know, I don't know. know. <laughs> anyway. But I, I love Dankeschön. Oh, okay, great. Didn't know that. Good bit of trivia. Yeah. Um, so next scene, John is questioning uh, this idiot man in court and he's saying, um, so you like horses? And he's like, very much. He's like, you found the meat to be delicious. <laughs> And he's yeah. like, I wouldn't eat them. It's perverse. And he says, but you eat cows. And he says, that's different. Pigs? Yes, but... And John says, pan-roasted Cornish game hens. <laughs> and he's like, look, I'm not a vegetarian and I'm not against eating meat, but a horse is a noble beast. And then John makes a comparison with horse raising. He said, to go to the track. And <laughs> Emma screamed at a jockey to whip the, the noble beast. beast you get to show. <laughs> Um, and uh, opposing counsel objects to that. And yeah. um, then the man says, I'm not going to get into a cruelty debate. I'm sure we could all treat cats and dogs better than we do, but we'd never eat them. It should be the same for horses. And John says, well, some people might like horse meat. Shouldn't it be the individual's choice? Couldn't you just say, nay? <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, oh. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then the man says, that's real funny. The point is, they didn't tell me. If you had told me, and John says, you would have ordered the cow. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, this is such a pointless this argument. It's such a stupid... Because it could have been so easily avoided if you just fucking asked like, in the first who place. who orders a dish that you don't in a know foreign what it's going language to be? Yeah. and doesn't check what it is? What it is. Like, do you I not, don't know anyone I'm, I'm who like, that. Do you not know that, like, snails and frogs' frog legs are, are French cuisine? French cuisine, like, yeah. Uh, like, did you not occur to you? Like, I'm just, yeah, like you say, this ignorance, like, that... Some Americans have like is just uh, yeah, it's upsetting, it's, um, frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so then we have Nell, Ling, and Ali in a meeting in like the deposition meeting with um Howard Wick and his lawyer, and Nell is saying, um, are you aware of the male demographic makeup of your audience, sir? And Howard says, um, I really don't think in graphic terms. And then he looks at Nell and says, Well, sometimes. Yeah. And Nell says. I suggest you answer the questions, Mr. Wick. And Howard says, I thought I did. By the way, you didn't tell me your name. And I was like, I think I did. And he, he goes, oh, that's right, you're Nell. I like that. Nell. Sounds, Sounds kind of naughty. naughty. And I'm like, ugh. ugh and he says, and you're Ling. And then he says, and who's the spinner? Now, I don't know if you know... No, I've got a note here that says, what does that mean? <laughs> so it's a really vulgar term. It basically refers to a woman that is so petite and waif-like that she could sit on a man's penis and just be spun around like a top because she's like so light and like... Yeah. 
I know. Describe uh, my face. Uh, Eleanor's face is like uh, open mouthed, confused, disgusted, and dumbfounded all at once. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, pretty accurate. Well yeah. Uh, now, unless there's is... another definition that I don't know of, but that's the only one that's coming up that makes any kind of sense in this context uh, when I looked it up. That is so disgusting. So disgusting. And not only is it so disgusting, they keep using that term like it's like a lol all the way through this episode. Oh my So this God. is my... Objection! Because okay. I'm like... In... Like, be as vulgar as you want on your fucking radio show, within reason. Like, we'll get into that because that's the crux of this case. Yeah. But... In a meeting, in a professional setting... Well, he, you are being He soon. doesn't... But he... Even without that, like... Nobody's yeah, listening no, to right. him. He's not yeah. playing a character there. Yeah, yeah. And it's like nobody's filming him. Nobody, none of his audience who like him for that persona going to see him. Why be such a fucking vile, disgusting, chauvinist pig? Well, maybe here? because he is. Well, but also <laughs> he shouldn't be allowed to in yes. a, in that professional setting. These people are at work. Yeah. Like no, yeah. no, no. Not okay. You don't ask someone if. They uh, their name by referring to them as someone who can just spin around on someone's penis. Oh, it's disgusting. Rah. It's absolutely disgusting. Gross. Yeah. So that's my objection, and it's not funny. It's not a funny term to use. It's, it's just revolting. Gross. Yeah. Ugh. So Abby objects in a way. She goes, "Hey," and then the lawyer's like, "Harold, don't be so naughty." Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And now goes, "Do you think this is a game?" And Harold's like, "Of course." Just because you're this hot little foreign number at Ling, and yeah. you hired these two little nubile lawyers, you think I'm gonna give? You think I'm gonna pop my chubby and give you my money? Well, okay. What are you, Chinese? Ugh. And the lawyer again is like Harold. Harold. And um, and at the same time, Nell's like Mr. Wick. And Harold goes, "What? They're lucky I took some Viagra with the ibuprofen." And Ling's like, "You're even more violent person." Yeah. And Nell's like Ling. Um, and Harold's like, "Ma'am, I'm sure you're a nice person." And Nell's like, you're not going to intimidate us, Mr. Wick. And Howard's like, don't think I don't know that. I can't even look at you without seeing a whip. And you, and he looks at Ali, I can't get a beat on. I just know I'd like to take you home and make you my nasty little whore. And Ali's just like, she's shocked because her mouth opens. Like, yeah, she shocked. Looks, but then she, she also look... kind of is sort of semi-fascinated by him. She's yeah. sort of staring at him like, eh. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Whereas I'm like, just I like, don't know what to make of what you just said. Yeah. And it's like be offended is yeah, the, that's what you do. Like that's that's not okay to say to you. Like none of what he's just said is okay. Like this whole scene is the beginning of my objection. I like, kind of object to Harold generally. Uh, uh, well yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised. Like I I mean I was just like <laughs> there are some characters now that I'm just like I can't be asked to get annoyed at you. Yeah. Like Richard is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now like, you're but just like a, a walking objection. <laughs> but he would never be like this. No, not in these words. No. 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 I, he's, he is more respectful than this. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not saying he's respectful. respectful. I'm just yeah. saying there's, there's a yeah. length that he won't stoop to. There's yeah. a height that he won't go below. Yeah. A depth he won't sink to. Yeah, yeah. And, and this guy uh, is like reveling in the depth. Uh, it's it's like it's really really every repulsive. every opportunity to interact with a woman he'll use as a a, a reason to just 
sexualized dirty to yeah like but that's like to what end just to make yourself feel big oh great yeah no but to make them feel uncomfortable yeah to make him feel big like he's always got the power yeah it's gross it's gross it's so gross and like and actually good on nell and ling for being like you don't fucking intimidate us yeah like i really like uh, yeah and i and she did that without like raising her voice or getting emotional she was just like if you think i'm impressed think i'm intimidated like no, this is not a big no to both yeah. of those like yeah um yeah so then we have Ali walking to the unisex with Nell and she's sort of Ali's arguing with Nell by saying that or don't you think we're just um, giving him what he wants by yeah, suing him like playing into this his like loves need publicity, publicity yeah, yeah. Um, and Nell's like well even so we're, we're doing what Ling wants because she's the client, client. And Ali's like, we're not going to win this, though. And Nell's like, don't be so sure. And Ali goes, Nell, what's a spinner? And Nell just kind of does this, like, double take, like, do I tell her? <laughs> and then she just says, I think it means pecky personality. And then she goes into the <laughs> But it's one of those things where I'm like, like, Nell really should have told her what it means. Yeah. Because... Otherwise, Ali's not reacting. Ali right. doesn't know... That she should be offended. Why? Because she got a feeling that she she had an the fact that she went heck when he said it. Yeah. Like it means instinctively she, she knew, knew it was, was an insulting. insult. Yeah. Like, but she she doesn't know why. You, yeah. She, you she should be told how fucking disgusting this man yeah. is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I agree. Because I think it may have influenced later events that happen for sure you know um i yeah it was a bit of a pain but maybe now i was thinking oh i don't know her well enough yet to like have this discussion i don't know i don't know i still think if it was me i would have told maybe she was just like i don't want to deal with the drama of her reaction to finding out what a spinner actually is yeah we're at the it's night time and vonda is singing at the bar and it's a song that it's one of her songs called Will You Marry Me and it's not um, on Spotify, sadly, oh, okay. so I can't add it to our playlist. Oh. But um, Richard is at a table with Ling. Yeah. And Ling is um, annoyed because she's been waiting for Nell and she's stuck with not Richard. Up. Yeah. Um, and she says, where is she? I'm very uncomfortable around new people, which sort of plays into your anxiety. Yeah, feeling. social anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And Richard's like, she'll be here. Tell me, Ling, when you resort to these sexual harassment lawsuits, do you worry about coming off, say, as a weak, vindictive, powerless little imp in need of special help? It runs so contrary to your personality, which seems vicious. And uh, whilst he's saying all of this, Ling is just staring at him, like, I've got... giving, a, giving him a hard padding to yeah, burst Yeah, I've got that note of yeah. hard padding to burst hair, like, that is exactly what she's giving him. And also, but... it's the first use of vicious, vicious, which becomes a catchphrase. Yeah, of, in relation in to yeah. describing Ling. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, yeah, I'm just like, well, that's a bit strong word to yeah. use for... Yeah, I'm like, you hardly know her. Like, is it, isn't this the first interaction you've yeah. had with her? Like... Yeah, this is weird. And then yeah. he says, just making conversation till Nell gets here. And then he says, if you only knew the things that are said about me. And Richard goes, I bet I could guess. And then Ling just looks at him again. But then Nell arrives and says, she's sorry she's late. What did I miss? Um, and Rich said, Richard says, oh, nothing. We're just chewing the baby fat. And Ling says, I don't like your new firm. The lawyers are crazy and the singer bugs me. <laughs> So Nell's like, okay, let's go back up to the office then. Uh, yeah, and she and sort of furrows her brow at yeah. Richard and they leave. <laughs> but like, yeah, 
Yeah, like, again, like, uh, you know, Richard with his, like, typical kind of comments around sexual harassment and, yeah, like, I would, again, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's Richard being Richard, like, yeah. being typical him. Yeah. So. Um, um, okay, so then we have John. But as, as, oh. uh, sorry, but as she leaves, you do see Richard looking at Ling and being kind of, like, He's kind of curious. to her. Yeah, he sort of looks at her, like, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, like he's interested. Yeah. Yeah. So then we see John in his new huge office at his desk, <laughs> yeah. um, and he opens a drawer and he gets out this horse kind of plucky toy. toy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he kind of makes it, it gallop like softly <laughs> on his desk, and he's going. He's going <laughs> um, and as he's doing that, Ali comes in, yeah. um, and she's like, "John, what is that?" Yeah. And he goes. Oh, that, because uh, John tries to hide it. Yeah. But his tail, his like bushy tail, is like sticking up from his lap so that you can see it above the desk. And she's like, what was that? And he's like, what, what? And then he tries to, and then he realises that he can't hide it. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, oh, that. And he says, it's a demonstrative aid for my trial. And Ali just keeps looking at him and he goes, okay, his name's Frawley. <laughs> I used to make, it's made me like my heart, like, I know. he goes... I used to make cutout dolls with the bullies at school. Probably would kick them. He's a good horse. And then, yeah. Oh. So cute. And then Ali says, this case is upsetting you. And he says, I think I've always thought we enjoy a special covenant with the horse. Carry us high as we ride into battle and we won't eat you. And Ali's like, do you think Georgia should be <laughs> And John's like, no, actually I would have been fine, but the plaintiff brought up Mr. Ed. Forley and I used to watch that show together. And then he's like, why am I telling you this? And then Ali's like, because you can. Remember with me, you're, it's the only time that you're not the strangest person in the room. So get weird on me. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead, get weird yeah. on me. Yeah. Um, and John says, I'm cross-examining this guy. And as he says that, he gets up and he kind of walks around the desk. So they end up being side by side. Yeah. And Ali picks up Frawley. Yeah. Um, so he says, I'm cross-examining this guy. And in my head, I'm thinking, what if Wilbur went into the barn one Thanksgiving and said, we have no turkey, Ed. I'm sorry. <laughs> Today it could happen. Um, and Ali's like, well, do you remember the song? And John says, excuse me? And she sort of sings while she's holding fully the Mr. Ed mm. theme song. Like, a horse is a horse, of course, of See, course. This and is... no one can talk to a horse, of course. That is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. Ed. See, I don't know this song at all. Yeah, they did shape Mr. Ed in this country. Did they? Yeah, because mum and dad remember it. I think it, it passed me because by. Because when can... we... Um... Like, when would it have been on? When they were little. Right, so... But it is an old show. Yes. But I know of it through, like, pop culture. Yeah, see, I, I've heard of Mr. Ed. Yeah. Because it is, like, it's mentioned... A, it is referenced a lot on American TV. It's a very well... Like, it's very nostalgic. Yeah, it's an old, like, black and white. I yeah, don't see, I don't... No, I don't... Uh, but I it's don't like know It's like the of, like, our Watchmen's mother. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't... But I don't think I've ever seen, like, a picture of Mr. Ed. I've never seen, I've never heard the theme like Well, let me play you the theme. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me get a picture so I can imagine. Envision. <laughs> okay. Hello, I'm Mr. Ed. Hello, I'm Mr. Ed. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and no one can talk to a horse, of course, that is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. Ed. Go right to the source, then ask the horse, he'll give you the answer that you endorse. He's always on the steady course. Talk to Mr. Ed. Oh, so it's an actual horse? Yeah. 
I think I always imagined like a puppet. No. It's an actual horse. Anyway, Aww. they Ali starts the first verse off and then John joins in as they go into the second verse. And at this point you see Nell and Ling like leaning in. around the <laughs> yeah. door and seeing this. And they're like, go right to the source and ask the horse to give you the answer that you endorse. He always sets a steady course. Talk to Mr. Ed. And then... Uh, yeah, and then John, John spies Ling now. But Ali sits off singing. going... I am Mr. <laughs> really loudly and deeply. Um, and then when Ali notices it, she sort of slams the horse back in with John, being like, it's not mine. <laughs> Which is really funny. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, everyone looks very embarrassed. <laughs> if it was me, I'd be like, yeah, I'm singing the Mr. Ed theme tune. And what? Like, and what? Uh, so, anyway, people need to stop being so embarrassed about anything yeah like, I know. she's so embarrassed all the time in the show and I don't have that kind of bone Instinct. in my body yeah like yeah. it's just really weird anyway so it's morning we're at Ali and Renee's place and um, they're in the kitchen and they're watching tv and Harold's on the tv doing his um show um, yeah. so obviously it's like televised and Renee's like making a bagel they're like doing yeah breakfasty kitchen stuff. stuff um and on the tv um the interview is like why does she sue you yeah and Harold's like why does she sue me listen up America anyone today with enough money to afford a lawyer can buy some fame and I bet she'll get it um, especially since she has that slutty little Asian thing mm. going. American men love that, don't we, guys? And then there's like, like a... Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it kind of, he continues yeah, yeah, rambling yeah. on Renee and, and they turn it off. Uh, yeah, one of them turns it off. Um, and Renee says, I must say, he's a little bit right. And Ali's like, what, the American men like slutty Asian women? <laughs> <laughs> Renee's like, no, he's right in that she'll probably end up on the cover of Time. And that's interesting, that line, because this week in real life was the week that Time put Ali on the cover. Ah. Now, I don't think David Kelly would have known that that to was line that necessary up. to line yeah. that up. Um, but it's just a major coincidence. Because I think I'm right in saying that later on in the season, they do reference her more explicitly or even like in later seasons they reference they make a like in joke to the fact that she was on time yes. magazine um about feminism being yes. dead they make an explicit joke about that yeah but i think this one is must have been coincidence uh, because there's no way they would how could know they have, that they were have lined the story. that up yeah. yeah so it's just really funny that that happened That's in cool. the same week that yeah came out um, but anyway she'll go it'll sell better than some doctor curing cancer yes and then Annie says you should see the way she dresses Ling it's like look at my body now <laughs> and Renee's like I just don't talk about it yeah exactly and I'm like is Renee doing this too like why are they all bitching about these people I... that they don't know so I've got so basically then Renee goes the men at the courthouse the clerks the lawyers and some judges they talk about your short skirts and Ali's like they do and he's like and Renee's like isn't that why you wear them and Ali's like no I want them to talk about my legs and then she's like they do, don't they? And, and Renee's, Renee's like, like oh, oh yeah. yeah. And I'm just, so yeah, I've got a note that says, so let's get this straight. Let's like, get this. Let's break this straight. down. Boom, You're boom, shaming. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> boom, boom. I'm, I'm not willing to do this to a beat. <laughs> shaming another woman 
for wearing what you think are intentionally attention-seeking clothes, which I've yet to understand why, because she just, to me, looks like she's wearing maybe expensive clothes. Yeah. Like, I've not noticed anything to be, Nothing. like, attention-seeking. Yeah. But then are acting proud when someone says, you are stirring up attention with your clothing. And it's just, I really hate the writing of these women yeah, and how really they treat it. each other. Like, thinking women dress nicely for attention, we don't. But that also we resent it when other women look good. We really don't. Yeah. Like, when a woman is looking great, like, I compliment her. Yeah. Like, and it just... And if and I, I, I don't, do... I don't bitch about how attention-seeking she must be. No. Because she looks good. Like, that... That is never a conversation that has, A, crossed my mind. No. And I've never seen another woman no. have that conversation. No. And I, I just, just... And some, I will say, sometimes I have caught myself thinking, because another woman looks good, thinking of myself, I don't look that good, therefore that means I'm bad in some way. Yeah. But I have learnt, it's hard, and I'm still working on yeah. it, but I have learnt to be like... That's a reflection on me and how I've been conditioned by society to, to see that as a competition. Yes. And I'm not taking it out on this person who looks no. amazing because what how they look is no reflection on how I look. And vice versa. Like, yeah. it's not like, a competition. It doesn't... It doesn't a, a person's beauty does not in any way, shape or form take away from someone beauty else. from someone exactly. else. Exactly. And it's like, there are more than enough resources for women to go around. I mean, resources in the term of sexual partner, life partner, yeah. money. Like, there's more than enough in the world to go around. And the me, the, the society and the patriarchy would have us think that we should be competing we with each other be. for it. But what that yeah. does is detract from us working together yeah. to overthrow the patriarchy so we get more of what is owed to us. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm not here for it anymore. No. I'm not here for it anymore. And this, I feel like there was... There may have been, I'm sure there was, uh, hints of this in season one, but season two is laying it on thick, really like buttercream. Thick. And I'm like, yeah. no, yeah. I reject your yeah. buttercream. It- I will have dry <laughs> fucking cake. <laughs> With my sisters! <laughs> it's awful. No, no, it's horrible. I'm really it's not really- enjoying it. And I, the worst thing is, is I don't remember thinking this or realising this when I first watched it, which no. meant that I, I was walked away yeah. and soaked it all in yeah. and probably parroted it back out at some point. Internalised it, yeah. That's what's so sad. Yeah. And that's what's um, why I think it's so important to to have critiques around what you're consuming yeah. in that regard. Because it's just like, if you just absorb it without question, without going hang on, does this feel real in any yeah. way? No. Now, to be fair, we were children. Yeah. Like, so we had nothing to compare it to. No. So we just absorbed it like, oh, well, this is just how women are. But like... This is what we have to look forward to. But our parents, <laughs> our parents clearly felt that it was like something that was age appropriate because we used to watch it together. Yeah, yeah. And they weren't like, oh God, this is a... Come on, there is. This yeah. is a terrible message. No, they were just no. like, oh, well, this is the world, isn't it, girls? Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> and to be fair to them, I'm not critiquing their parenting skills. The world... I am. That it was yeah, an okay. That message. it was fine, and that actually, that these these were not seen as stereotypes. They were seen as how women are. Yeah, like it, it's just really, 
it's depressing. It's so it's, depressing. It's so like horrible to see it play out like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that. Um, so then we're in court and there's a large different man on the stand um, and he's saying, um, he's talking about the, the benefits of eating horse meat basically. He's like, yeah. it's low fat and it's high protein, it's probably better for you than Angus beef. Um, and he also makes the point that um, in Hindu, they'd have something to say about us eating cows. Which I'm like, in Hindu? Hindu's not a country. I think he means in India. Um, but John says, but this is the United States of America. And then Mr. Handy says, in which there are many slaughterhouses which produce horse meat. In Japan, they eat them raw, like sashimi. And John says, but don't horses deserve better than to be... You know, and he says, of course they deserve better, but so does the pig. Yeah. Like, and John's like, well, you sound annoyed. Surely you can appreciate that this animal is revered in our country. What if Elizabeth Taylor ate her horse in national velvet? <laughs> and Mr. Handy says, Are you sure, sure that she, she didn't? didn't? And this is where Judge Walsh goes, Mr. Handy, it would be a grave mistake to insult Elizabeth Taylor in my court. I really and I was love like, it. I love it. Who knew Judge Walsh was a closet Elizabeth Taylor fan? I really love it because I'm like, this would be me. If I was a judge, this would be me with Julie Andrews. Yeah, I'd be like, like do be not like, insult Julie Andrews in my courtroom. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but basically this guy sums up by saying this is blatant hypocrisy. hypocrisy. That man is not sick. He didn't suffer. There's no, no injury. injury. We're all in this room because of a notion that it's unconscionable to eat a horse. And yeah. he's basically saying that you can't have that and also say it's okay to eat other And ones. also can't have that and then kill them for pet food and for paint thinner. Yes. Like, Although that comes on later, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Um, so, so yeah, so that's, sorry, that's now. But, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> So um, then we have the opposing counsel crossing him and he's saying, so to you it's just perfectly okay. And he says, yes, we kill them for paint food and we turn Paint them food? To... Yeah, we kill them for paint food. He says, um, we kill them for pet food, we turn horses into paint thinner for God's sake. What does that do, do for their nobility? Yeah, exactly. And he says, yeah, but you know, for those processes they can be euthanized but for human consumption the end has to be drug free which means slaughter and he's like well if cruelty's the issue then i bring you back to mr cow and mr pig yeah um and the opposing counsel says you just don't seem to be too sympathetic on this at all and i'm like big yeah surprise like because it's a hypocritical um, shit. <laughs> he says if people don't want to eat it they shouldn't order it but I shouldn't be hauled into a courtroom for serving it and I'm yeah. like thank you yeah completely case dismissed completely throw it out already yeah so anyway. then we're in another courtroom in for the Nell's other case, case. Um, yeah Nell and the opposing counsel are doing their kind of pre-trial opening mm. motion I don't things. know what it's called yeah I never know what that no. beginning before they decide to Go do a trial, trial. is called yeah um, but anyway is it a deposition maybe no the deposition a deposition is not a court thing a deposition oh, when that's in, the, in room, the room and trying yeah, to negotiate yeah. about whether to even sue. Go, yeah, yeah. yeah. The opposing counsel says it's preposterous. Forget the issue of free speech and censorship. The idea that a radio personality can be sued for sexual harassment by someone he's never met or even talked about. And the judge says, I must say, Miss Porter, your client does not work for Harold Wick. This man has no connection with the steel plant. What possible duty does he have to ensure against any discrimination that goes on there? And Nell says, the good point, <coughs> yeah. that is, Your Honour, it was once held that tobacco companies had no duty to people who didn't use their products until it was determined that non-smokers were also being hurt and the law changed. Our theory is basically the same as he second-hand smoke. 
what he's putting out is finding its way into the workplace. We go after car companies for polluting the air. This man is syndicated more on more than 300 stations. He goes on daily talking about women's body parts, saying God made females to be sex slaves. Um, and the judge goes, well, we call it free speech, and I salute it. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, Nell's like, yes. yes. And the courts are willing to clamp down on free speech when it causes oppression and discrimination. Um, the opposing counsel is saying that it's stretching the scope of sexual harassment to absurdity. Um, but now says, I'm not so sure. Under the law right now, you can sue an employer for playing Mr. Wick's broadcast in the workplace. It's not even a question. What we're saying in our complaint, even though these broadcasts aren't actually being played at my client's steel plant, this man is so pervasive and popular. The things he says are coming inside just the same. So the court should just get in there and legislate the content of radio programs? Nope. He should be able to say whatever he wants. But if it results in discrimination or a hostile work environment, he should simply be held accountable. And how would you ever prove that what he says on the radio affects what the men think and say at that manufacturing plant? Maybe I couldn't. But that's a question for the jury, not the judge. <laughs> An hour pointed look. Annie just looks really sulky. And it's because Nell's fucking great. Good at her job. She's so yeah, good at her she's job. She's so persuasive. And poised. Yeah. And like, cool not as a cucumber. So good. I'm yeah. like, I would want her on my team. Oh, completely. More than Ali. Yeah, just looking bitchy at everything. I know. And yeah, in the next scene, Ali's got like her head in her hands at her desk. And <laughs> yeah. Elaine, Elaine, Elaine her. And like, double, t like, she sort of goes backwards. <laughs> and she's like, hang on a minute. And then she goes in. Um, and she's like, what's wrong? And she's like, Nell. And Elaine's like, don't tell me she's good. And Ali's still got her head down in her hands. And she's like, she's great. She's poised. She doesn't pull at her hair. Nothing comes out of her mouth that she doesn't want. She doesn't over gesticulate. She made an implausible cause seem totally believable. That bitch. Yeah. And then she's like, he took it under advisement. We might even win. Elaine's like, oh, Ali, I'm so sorry. And Ali just looks really... Nod, sadly. Teary. <laughs> And I'm like, for fuck's sake. I've just got a note that says, ugh. I'm like, how is this hurting you? How is this, this hurting is good you? good for you. Yes. I'm just, uh, it's like, uh, yeah, um. Bad, 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 bad. It's just more of the same shit. Yes. Anyway. Ling and Richard are watching the TV news, like, press scrum for yes. Harold as he, like, comes out of the um, courtroom. And um, he's just being obnoxious, basically. Again, the and press. they're like, Harold, Harold, how do you think it went in there today? And Harold's like, well, truth be told, I didn't really know what was said in there. The other attorney did most of the talking, and she was just so yummy. All I wanted to do was bite her. <laughs> yeah, and Richard laughs, and Ling's like... <laughs> Scowling. Um, and Link says, part of me wants to sleep with him because I know if I did, I'd kill him. <laughs> I'm just like, ugh. I don't, I don't enjoy that line either. Uh, yeah. Um, and Richard goes, ouch. And she says, where's Nell? She says she's going to meet me places and I always get stuck with you. And Richard's like, terrible. I know. And then he touches uh, her wattle. Which is like, her neck. And it's like, Chinese wattle. Um, and she slaps him. Yeah. He's like, ouch. Slaps his hand away, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, and she says, you're a man without any nice qualities, as far as I can see, with a funny name, Fish. Mm. And he's like, sticks and stones, ling. <laughs> and again, like, I, I, I don't like the way he said her name. Ling. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. No, it was like, uh, over-enunciated. Yeah, it felt really, like, bored. Like, I don't like I, it when people... I felt like that, I can imagine that is something that 
happened to her a lot at school. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't like it when people take your name, which is something that is so personal to you, like it's your part of your identity. Yeah. And like bastardize it in a way that makes it sound like an insult. An insult, yeah. Because um, yeah, that is a very, ju- it's a thing that bullies do at school yeah. because it's easy. Yeah. Like it ha- happened to me. Yeah. Um, and um, it's the reason why I wasn't, I didn't call, um, I went by Laura Jane. Like yeah. I was so, I corrected everyone to Laura Jane for years and years and years when, because um, uh, when I was being bullied at school, people would use LJ in that sort of a way. And so I didn't really? like it when people called me LJ because it was like a, it had, in my brain, it was like, well, that's an insult. Yeah. Why? I don't know. But that's just the way that they used really? it. Um, so for years, I'd be like, no, call me Laura Jane, call me Laura Jane. It wasn't until I left school and went to, made friends that I didn't, had nothing yeah. to do with like, my old life where yeah. I was like, bullied. And that LJ was like an affection, a term of affection. Yeah. And a and, nickname. And you like, As opposed grew to, to something like awful. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, for years I hated LJ and now I'm like... That's who I am. Yeah. It's like I've reclaimed it. <laughs> yeah, well, good for you. But yeah, but like this, that's that kind of... Yeah, because I feel like she I mean, to went... be fair to Richard, she did it to him. I don't feel like she did. She did, she went with a funny name, Fish. Fish. Like, she said it weirdly. I don't know, that, but I feel like the way he did it to her was nastier. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I, I think especially as her name is... A Chinese name. Yeah, I feel like it has this layer on top of it that's that's not. It is more unpleasant than the way she said fish. Yeah. So they sort of tit for tat a bit more. He says, yeah. "When I first saw you, you know what I was thinking." And Ling says, "What?" And he says, "Nothing. You made no impression at all." <laughs> and Ling says, "When this case is over, I promise I'll be taking my business elsewhere." And Rich says, "No, you won't." I can tell. And he walks off and Ling just looks after him. Which again, right, so this thing between Ling and Richard that is building. Yeah. Like, I really don't like this thing of like, oh, women love it when you're an asshole to them. Yeah. Like, it's so, again, it's a really tired stereotype. Yeah. And being I'm not ru- seeing any being chemistry. Rude, yeah, being yeah. rude to each other is not chemistry. No. And I feel like that's what it's being substituted for. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, being snappy, like being horrible to each other. Yeah. That's chemistry, right? And yeah. it's like, no, it's not. It's like that's when they pull chemistry. your pigtails, that means they like you. Yeah, it's, it's like, just no. like, that isn't chemistry. That's no. just being fucking horrible to each other. Yeah. So, I don't know, problematic. Yeah. Um, so later at night, Nell um, is, it goes up to the kind of mezzanine area of the office and John is there in bare feet kind of, pacing around his column because he's working on his closing um, and he's explaining to Nell that you know it's a first draft and I get a better feel with my bare feet which we learned last season yes um, and um, John says have you ever had horse meat and Nell says oh thanks but I've already had dinner maybe another time <laughs> and clearly John didn't mean this as a way to like ask her out he was clearly just asking because that's the subject the, of his case thing, yeah um, but he sort of decides to go with it like fine and then he doesn't bank on Nell coming back immediately with a free Thursday night how about Thursday and John's like can't believe his luck like you can see on his face he's like Thursday I don't understand how this is happening good yeah and Nell's like good and then she just walks off and John's like how was, what the did fuck that has happened? happened like that's so easy it's never happened yeah well because she's engineered it that way hasn't she yeah like, easy uh, yeah she's completely she can tell that 
he's socially awkward and she's made it real fucking easy for him. Yeah. And I kind of think that's really sweet. Yeah, I think it's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next day, John is still in his bare feet pacing the office, and Georgia goes to get him to she's go like, to court. You're and still she working looks, on your first Yeah, she job. looks at his feet and was like, oh my god, John already. And John goes, I've never seen John like this before. He goes, Georgia, I may need you to close. And he kind of looks really panicked I and know. frantic. I know. This is really weird. He's not usually. He like, looks distressed. Yeah. Like genuinely yeah. distressed. Panicked. It was like really yeah. unnerving. And Georgia's kind of shocked because she's like, I haven't, she's not prepared. She's no. like, I haven't questioned a witness. The jury doesn't know me. Um, and she's like, you can't just drop this summation in the last second. And John's like, I can't do this. I'm not invested. And Georgia's like trying to calm him down. Yeah. She's like, there's no way I can do it. No. He's got to do this. And I need to talk him round. Into it, yeah. And she's like, wait a second. You've defended criminals, murderers even. You can't defend a restaurant that serves horse meat. And he's like, I know it sounds silly, but it's as if I hear voices. And they're telling me not to do this. And George is like, what kind of voices? And he's like, I'd rather not say. Because <laughs> they're going, no. <laughs> and Georgia just hey. goes, Georgia's like trying to make him feel better. She's like, the law is completely on your side. It would be conspicuous for you not to get up. It could even be malpractice. Come on, we've got to go. And like, hmm? And then like, leaves. Yeah. And, and then Ali kind of like pokes her head around like, the door. Is it falling? <laughs> Yeah. The voices is it Frawley telling you not to do it? And John goes, Frawley's not even speaking to me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh oh my god. Um, and John says, I'm afraid if I tell you what voices I would turn, I would earn back the reputation of strangest one in the room. And then we hear Elaine because she's rounding the corner with Nell and Ling behind her, going, Here she is, Ali. I've got Nell and Vicious Ling. Uh, I was just like, <laughs> fucking excuse me, like yes. uh, the, uh, the Vicious is not part of her name. No. Like. And How fucking both, dare you? Yeah, they both are side by side and they just look at each other, like, <laughs> upset. Uh, like, so, not upset, they just kind of stare at each other. Um, and Elaine's saying, they say the judge is coming back with a ruling. So the court is the next scene and it's clearly busy because it's a high-profile yeah. media case. Um, and the judge comes in and comments on the fact that it's... it's like, nice turnout. Yeah, yeah. busy. Um, and he basically says, he says it's heartening to see the community take such an interest in our constitution. Yeah. Um, he basically cuts straight to the case. Uh, sorry, he's basically cut straight to the... Um, Straight, straight to the chase because he's like I'm not stringing this out the sexual harassment claim is dismissed and there's all these <gasps> from the from the crowd yeah. um, and Harold like fist bumps his lawyer um, and he continues uh, is it he? the judge? yeah yeah um, he continues to say, um, I find it untenable that a radio talk show host could be held liable for employmental discrimination at a place where he doesn't work however the complaint also alleges negligent infliction of emotional distress and that one is tricky Free speech is not always protected. The bottom line is if it is foreseeable that some product you put out there is capable of causing harm, liability is right around the corner. Lawsuits have been brought against Hollywood movies. The talk show is likely next. And the opposing counsel is like, this is the most slippery of slopes. And the judge is like, no question. And a jury is free to say we value free speech over the possible harm it causes. But let's all face a fact here. Mr. Wick isn't up there throwing out ideas and political content. For the most part, it's gratuitous, titillating radio sex talk aimed for the young at mind. And at this point, Harold is just staring at Nell Alley and Ling's uh, legs. legs, legs. Yeah. Um, and the judge continues, it demeans women systemically. I realise that nine out of ten judges might dismiss this claim. Unfortunately, Mr. Wick, you got me. Motion to dismiss. Denied. And Ling is 
really happy. Yeah, like suddenly exactly. her yeah. face like lights up in a way we've not seen. Yeah, yet. she's yeah. like really wide smile at, at Nell, and Annie's just shook her. Yeah. She's like, oh my god. Well, because Ling is like, oh my god, thank you, Ali, and Ali's like, I didn't do anything, and it's like she really didn't do no. anything. But then Ling says, yes, you did. The judge got mad at him. You dressed up like this, baiting him into calling you a spinner. It worked. Genius. <laughs> and Ali's like. What? I didn't. What? She's like, I'm glad to do my part. And she kind of says that through like gritted teeth. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have Richard Ling and Nell watching the news back in the office. Yeah. And the news anchor is reporting. um, And Richard's like just watching it being like, just say the name, just say the name, just say the name. Cajun fish, Cajun fish, fish. And eventually the reporter goes, reporting live from outside the law offices and Cajun fish. And Richard goes, yes, and switches it off. Good report. Goes, Good report. <laughs> yeah, he's like, can you not listen to any of it? No, yeah. yeah. Um, and he says, Ling, congratulations, I don't have the words. And Ling's like, yes. Like really scathingly. Yeah. Um, and he says, so what do we do now? And Nell says, we dismiss. And Richard and Ling are, are like, both like, what? Yeah. And she says, we wanted to get the guy we get him best by getting out while we're ahead. And Ling's like, I, I want money! money. <laughs> and Richard goes, me too! <laughs> Which made me laugh. And that was when I was like, oh, maybe That's... I can see them bonding. <laughs> yeah. um, and, Ling, and now says, forget it, they'll never settle. They can't, on principle, and on appeal, we'll lose. Um, and Ling's like, but why should we just give up? And now's like, our goal was to get even. In victory, we have credibility. Now we make the First Amendment our best friend in life. And Ling's like, what are you talking about? And Nell's like, I need to draft a statement. I'll be back. And she, she leaves, walks off. Yeah. And Ling's like, don't leave me alone with him. Yeah, alone again. You and me. You probably feel special. <laughs> and then Richard goes, Ling, anyone with you is alone. <laughs> so, yeah. Then we get the closings in the horse meat case. Yeah. Which are ridiculous so let's dive into the ridiculousness (laughs) the opposing council basically makes the argument that decent people don't don't eat horses horses. and like that's it what because they're dignity they've got dignity they're like they've they've got a capacity for integrity and for serving mankind but oddly wanting to and it's like have you ever chatted to a horse exactly but that was it it's like they're different from cows and pigs because they're different that was his argument yeah yeah um and then he sits down um, and then nothing happens and Georgia turns like, to like look John. at John and be like, it's you. John eventually gets up and he says, this case isn't about horses, it's about people. This person over here is suing this person over here. It's people and people eat animals and we might not like it, but the constitution doesn't start off we the horses. <laughs> animals don't get rights. And I'm like, hang on a minute. I'm pretty sure there are animal rights. <laughs> that, um, I don't know the ASPCA or yeah. whatever it is um, is uh, has got something to say about that. But anyway, he says we're not expected to rise to some level of decency when it comes to livestock. We're not expected to have feelings for them, and why should we? They taste good. This thing about decency, you have to stop it because next they'll go after the hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> if you attack horse meat on the grounds of decency, I promise you the hamburger will be next. It would be unavoidable. <laughs> Um, and he says, if you've ever been to, in a slaughterhouse and seen what happens to those cows, you'd know that decency would spell the end of an American institution, and the sausage would be next, and then the chicken wing. <laughs> yeah, we the people eat animals, and we're not decent about it. My client, he's human. He's also American. In this country, we have another credo, which is innate to us all. As long as folks keep consuming it, don't blame the guy who serves it up. 
plaintiff's counsel says we should allow the horse to keep his dignity in the end. We're human beings. And then he takes out of his jacket pocket a little bottle of glue and he goes, this is glue. And, and he, he like, places it on like it the, by the jury, jury bench yeah. thing. Um, ever with the props is, yes. is John. Yes. Um, so then we have Ling giving this press conference that Nell clearly ran off to draft in the last scene with them um, at Cajun Fish. Um, and there's loads of cameras and Nell's like standing by. Yes. And Ling is basically saying, we're grateful to the court for the validation and to the public for its support. I've decided to dismiss this claim and you'll have to forgive me for not going into detail. It appears that certain physical or psychological dysfunctions may be the root of Mr. Wick's compulsion to fixate on sexual content I feel it would be wrong of me to exploit any of his medical inadequacies or conditions. <laughs> Suffice it to say, in light of this new information, I bear no ill will towards Mr. Wick, and I wish him well. And there's like this scrum. Lurry of like, like journalists. Now it's like, that's all the suits in this list. No questions, no question. And they're like all speculating, like, is he impotent? Is that it? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, no, no. no and then Nell's like, I'm not going to pass the statement. <laughs> yes. Then we're in Richard's office with Ali, Nell, and, and Ling. And yes. Richard's like, that was the dirtiest pool at its deepest depths and you did it looking like you took the high road it's a treat to watch you work Nell that was worthy of an earthworm <laughs> and Nell's like thanks <laughs> and Ali's like but we don't have any information that he's impotent and Nell's like so and she's like so what if he turns around and sues us his entire career is predicated by his erection and Nell's like we, we didn't, didn't say, say he, he was, was impotent. impotent and Ali's like well you certainly implied it and it's Nell's like, like yes that's the fucking point yeah. Ali she, she was like also we're covered because because he said something about taking Viagra with ibuprofen. If we made a mistake, oopsie, he's a public figure, he can't get us for being negligent. He's got to prove reckless disregard for the truth, and he can't. I told you, in the end, the First Amendment's our buddy. And Richard's like, dirty, ugly, I could kiss you, and I could almost kiss you, at least. <laughs> and Link's like, but you won't. Yeah, she's like, but you won't. And Richard's eyes narrow. And Ali just goes, you know what? I think what you did stinks. It was dishonest. And Alan's like, no more dishonest than you pretending to be a... And Ali's like, I'm not a spinner. And Link's like, bite my head off. Yeah, it's like, I still hate this firm. And she walks out. Um, um, and Rich is really happy. He's like, let's yeah. celebrate at the bar. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and Nell and Ali have like awkward smiles. And it's things like this where Ali is like... Ugh. I think what you did was terrible. I've got the high road because I'm Julie like, Andrews. I know. I'm just like, this is uh, like like the last thing we, the last episode we did. Yeah. Where she's like, oh yeah, a rapist of a sixteen year old boy. Oh, she's a bit mad, isn't she? Temporary insanity. Yeah. Like and that's okay. That that is far more disgusting yeah. to me than anything Nell has done. Here. No, Nell's just. I don't think. I don't think there's anything wrong Nels with what Nels called done. a man on his bullshit. Yeah. And played him at his own game. At his own... Yeah, completely. And it's just like... An adult human male who yeah. doesn't have to go around saying all of those exactly. things. Exactly. I'm just like... Ali needs to grow the fuck up. Ali needs to like... Have the fog lifted. Like yeah. she's deep in internalised patriarchy. Yeah, oh, completely. <laughs> internalised misogyny galore yeah. in Ali. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Ali goes into the unisex to sulk, and as she goes yeah. past um, a stall, John comes out um, doing his dismount, and he like kicks her into the toilet, <laughs> and we just hear this like flush. And she it's like amazing. grabs the flush, um, and John is like, "Oh my god, Ali, I'm really sorry. Are you okay?" And she's like, "You just knocked me into the toilet. You're gonna kill someone someday." And she sort of turns around, and her butt is like, "Yes." <laughs> 
thank God the toilet was clean. Um, and um, she said, I was just thinking about how this place is going down the toilet and boom, I'm going down too. Um, and John's like, what do you mean we're going down the toilet? And she says, are you really going to date her? And John sighs and sort of goes, well, I sort of committed to Thursday. And plus, you know, and he's like, you're drawn to her. And John's like, I never meant to date her. Just one minute I was practicing my summation and the next, you really don't like her? And Annie's like, I don't know, it's... And she says, I'm worried about this place becoming something different. And I'm like, what, different to your bullshit? Well, yeah, thank God. Yeah, you know? I'm just like, what, someone that is not going to pander to you? Like, yeah. I, I don't... Like, everyone enables Ali. Yeah. These two do not. Do not. And now she's like, oh no, it's so different. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> then and, Elaine comes yes. in, and she's like... Ali, I have news. Yes. The producer of the Harold Wick show just called. And Ali's like, well, is he suing? And she's like, no, he's inviting you to be a guest on his show tomorrow. And Ali's got this face. I drew a picture where she's like, who? <laughs> <laughs> face. I'll and beg your pardon. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, he wants you probably to engage you in some cheap sex And talk. she's like gushing over yeah, it. She thinks like, it's amazing. Do you say yes or should I ask now? And Ali goes, you tell him I'll do it. And Elaine's like, you could get creamed. And she's like, delighted. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, John goes, da, da, and Elaine leaves. And Ali just turns to John and says, you only die once. Yes. Um, so then we have Ali at the radio studio um, getting her makeup it's done. like the next day. Yeah, the it? next day. Um, and she says, isn't this... Sh-? She's getting her makeup done for the show. Mm. And she turns to the makeup artist and says, isn't this just radio? And I'm like, hang on, you literally watched it on TV the other day. Yeah. <laughs> You idiot. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Um, and the makeup artist is like, it goes out on cable too now because you've watched it, so you should know that. Uh, yeah, and anyway, he's like, we're starting in about 10 minutes, and Ali's like, and, and what, does he just come down at the last second and plop down? And the makeup artist says, well, pretty much, he doesn't like the guests to get comfortable. And Ali's like, what a shock. Yeah. And then it cuts to the office. Yeah, and everyone's hurrying. Like, Richard's uh, yeah. walking and talking through Cajun Fish with Nell and... Elaine because they're like oh quick we're gonna can't miss it can't miss it and Nell's like why like she, why is she, why doing, is she this? doing this and Elaine's like why not I've always wanted to and she says but I have a rapier whip more suited to the program I know <laughs> and um, then Nell's, but Nell's like, pissed because it's undermining but it her doesn't, entire yeah strategy. she's like it appearing on the show is the equivalent of endorsement which yeah. absolutely right anyway they run into the whatever room they're yeah. gonna wash it in then we cut to John who's at his desk and Georgia comes in to see him and she's complimenting him on his closing saying it was pretty good turned out to be pretty good yeah um, and she said the spirit of it I'm not so sure it was in our client's interest and John says I'm not billing him for my spirit yeah and she says well I hope we don't lose because that summation could give him grounds for a new trial then that and John says well then that would have been clever of me wouldn't it and then she smiles and walks out yeah what do you think he you I, think he's trying to lose the case I don't know because I feel like um his argument is a good one. Yeah. Like, like there is, it's bullshit. Yeah. Like I don't think you can lose that case because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. But then, why would it be clever of him to get? Uh, I, yeah, I didn't really understand. I that didn't bit. understand. Like, I, I feel like, yeah, and I don't understand what Georgia means by the spirit of it is not in their client's interest. It's like, well, no, it it cuts straight to the. It cut through the bullshit. Yeah. And actually very much in the well, spirit. Well, I wonder I whether... Thought. Well, I wonder whether she said... Because basically at the end he's like, 
these people are no better than those that make glue. Yeah. Like, comparing amazing fine dining restaurant food with glue makers, I guess that... Or maybe that, like, this is... We don't treat animals well. This is just a fact. Yeah. There you go. Job done. Yeah. Like, um... Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Anyway. Yeah. So then we're back to Ali on the... Show. Show, Radio yeah. Show. And it's like, they've just gone on the air. Yeah. And Harold is introducing Ali uh, on the show. Um, and as he's... <laughs> he introduces her by saying, everyone knows I've been sued. But what everybody doesn't know is how sexy and trashy looking all of the lawyers are. And Ali's sort of coyly laughing in the background. And he says, and we're really lucky to have Ali McBeal here for everybody to see. Hi, Ali. And he's like, you know in uh, Adam's Family Values where Fester goes, Debbie. Debbie. It's like that. It's like, yeah. hi, Ali. Hi, Ali. Like, <laughs> creepy as creepy. fuck. Creepy, yeah. And, and Ali's like, good, good morning. morning. And he's like, McBeal, McBeal, I keep thinking that growing up you were some Cub Scouts happy meal. And Ali's like, oh, no. Like being all weird and Coy flirty and flirty. Yeah. And Richard, Elaine and Nell uh, and Billy, we've not really seen in this episode but no. he's like watching in the office yeah. he's cutting between yes. them watching it and um, back in the studio yeah and he's, also Renee we see a, Renee's a, a Renee watching, watching at home, from home. Also laughing yeah. along um, but yeah basically he says well let's talk about the case um, for a minute firstly is there any way I could see you naked and I was like I don't think so Harold <laughs> he's like uh, that's what I thought you'd say he says, you have this phenomenal, tight little body. You know that. And Ali's like, oh, I do. I do. And Renee's like laughing. And he's like, do you work on it? And she's like, I do. I do. Um, and he's like, I was sitting in court and looking at you and Nell. Nell's kind of naughty, isn't she? And she's like, oh, oh I, I don't, don't know. know. And he's like, come on. I was looking at you two and I was thinking, have the two of you ever together? And Ali's like, no, we're just business associates. And he's like, with that tight body of yours and Nell's nasty little... Anyway, let's not go there. Let's talk law, okay? A single lawyer, beautiful, makes lots of money, I bet. You can get laid anytime you want. And Ali's like, pretty, pretty much. much. And, and Renee's like, punching her hand, like, yeah. at home, like, woo! Like, yeah. Um, and he's like, tell me about this press conference last night. And at this point, Billy goes, why is she doing this? And Richard's like, you tell me. You've known her the longest. And yeah. Billy's like, this is an alley. Yeah. Um, so that Harold, Harold is like, Many people want to know about this sexual inadequacy thing. Did you talk to my ex-wife? And Ali's like, <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, no, no, no. Like, really, like, yeah. flirty, dirty, but then cute. And, like, trying to be all the women. Like, <laughs> I know. It's really weird. It's disgusting. Yeah, I've, I've just put this whole thing, like, I've put a line down this whole conversation going, this is disgusting. <laughs> I know, I know. So um, then he goes, come on, no. come on. Well, my ex-wife used to say that having sex with me was kind of like being vaccinated. <laughs> I hurt my feelings because I always thought it was a great three seconds. Well, then you guys go and hold a press conference. Well, Harold, see, the three of us were sitting there in court trying to turn you on and you just never made a move. We were hurt. And Nell's like, oh, oh please. please. And Billy's like, I don't understand this at all. And, and I'm like, same like, here, Billy. Yeah, but I was like, what's new? And like, Billy but never I just like, But I, th- yeah, true. But at the same time, he actually has a valid point here. I know. I don't understand this. what the fuck this is about or no. why she's done this. No. Well, we find out later, but yeah. <laughs> but Howard says, let's talk about those skirts you wear. What's my outcome? <laughs> well, you know, men are constantly trying to mentally undress me. 
I'm just trying to save them some time, that's all. Mm, baby, come on over here and meet the big guy. Uh, Vomit town. It's gross. It's so it's gross. It's so gross. Um, so then we cut back to Georgia coming into John's office and John is sat on the sofa with his briefcase and Georgia goes, Jury's back, let's gallop. <laughs> and John, John just looks, looks very at offended. her. And she's like, sorry. Um, so then we're back in court and the judge is um, asking the jury how they found. And they say, in the matter of Daly versus Paul's Bistro, on the count of negligent infliction of emotional distress, we find in favour of the defendant. The jury's dismissed yeah, yeah. your services. And so Mr. Handy Handy, is like, yeah. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and say thank you. And John says, sometimes sentiment is just that, Mr. Handy, and sometimes not. And Mr. Handy goes, but a kook is always a kook. And I just don't understand this interaction I think at they're all. just offended by the fact, unless there's something missing that got cut out in the edit that we don't see, yeah. I think he's offended by the notion that he's cruel by to animals and, and, and akin to like people who turn them into... Because, you know... People who cook food and good food yeah. respect their ingredients yes. and they care deeply yes. for the quality of their ingredients yes. and therefore the welfare of what's yes how it's produced been made yeah and so to be reduced to no better than people who make shitty hamburgers and glue glues yeah I think is kind of offensive I suppose yeah I guess so but I think. I, but I, then what I would argument forgive is that. There? I would totally forgive yeah. that if it was me because I was just I'd just be like, but the fact of the matter is, it's not pleasant. The the creating um, the meat industry is not pleasant. Also, if that, this guy's that's just the way I was it is. Say, this guy's so offended about eating horse. What about he said he ate foie gras? That is even more disgusting. Yeah. how that's produced. Don't get like, me wrong. I'm <laughs> we get so much vegan hate here, but I bloody love foie gras. <laughs> like it's delicious. <laughs> but I don't eat it like weekly. Do you know what I mean? It's like I've had it once in my entire yes. life. I don't think I've ever had it. It's it's horrendous how it's produced. But I'm not, and so I I think I'd probably when I had it the first time I wasn't really aware too much I kind of knew that it wasn't brilliant how it was mm. produced but I wasn't thinking about that I was like I just want to try it and it was divine yeah but I think these days I'd probably a bit like be a, I'd a maybe think I'd think twice twice about doing it but I'm not vegetarian and I'm not vegan and I'm not any of those things I care, but I do care about the welfare, the welfare of, of an animal, animal that yeah. has gone into being my food yeah like I will yeah. always buy the best quality meat yeah um that's really important to me but like it's just it does, it's it, weird it for this guy to be like, foie gras, great, I'll eat that till the cows come home. Yeah. And then I'll eat that too. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll mince that but, up. <laughs> but the horses, they're dignified. Yeah, they're noble. And like, like, it's this is like, so hypocritical. Massively hypocritical. And it's so subjective. Like, it's just like, well, like, there are plenty of, I'm sure you can find for every person that thinks a horse is noble, you'll find someone that thinks the cow is noble. Like, yeah, like it, India. It, yeah, it's like, seen as a holy animal. Exactly. So it's just, it's completely, it's such a stupid argument in the first place. Yeah. So I think that might be part of it, that they don't like yeah. being reduced to that. But Maybe. I don't know. It, it didn't it's not obvious. nail itself yeah. very well. It no. didn't land very well with me. 
So anyway, <laughs> so then, we're, then back we're back in Harold's sh- studio. Yeah. Um, and the the producer's sort of saying, great job, good job, you were great. And, and Harold comes up and goes, well, you were fabulous, actually. I was a little surprised that you agreed to come on. Like, why? And Ali's like, well, is anything off the record with you? And Harold's like, my public persona is my livelihood, but Ali, what I do is not who I am. And I'm like, how do you explain your behaviour in the deposition yeah. in a private conference room then? I, I, I just call I bullshit. I don't buy that. I call bullshit. Yeah. And also, like, what, like, that makes it better? No. I don't, I don't think it does. No, it absolutely Like, doesn't. I think that makes you worse than someone who actually, like, because at least... Uh, People who are assholes... Uh, uh, are actually at saying what they believe. Yeah, they're authentic. Don't, yeah, yeah, don't. Uh, you're if you're just making money saying assholey things that people buy that and people like buy believe and, and think it's okay. To yeah, repeat. but that you don't have any conviction in. Like how is like, that making the world a better place? Yeah, like you are just as big a scumbag as someone who actually believes. Yeah. That. Um, and I and I like you said yeah. I don't buy the, no. that line anyway. Um, but yeah, but Ali says, well, what you do I don't always like, but it's at least presented in the form of entertainment. And why does doesn't that matter. make okay? Doesn't matter. Yeah, why does that make if it okay? If anything, it's even more Worse. insidious yeah. because it gets under the skin in the. In, in a far more, like you say, insidious way. Yeah. It's like eating poison wrapped with sugar. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but he says, but what we did at the press conference, below the belt, my coming on the show, maybe it took some of the air out of our show last night. Anyway, it was an experience. And Howard says, Ali, you're a great lady. And Ali goes, go easy on us. And he's like, never. And she's like, oh, you. And it's like... <laughs> So, Shit. this is my objection. Right. This whole her coming on the show. Right. Like, I just okay. had it at the, I didn't know where to put it. Yeah. But like the whole her deciding to go on the show. Right. Got and yeah. act the way that she did. And then the reasons why she feels she needed to do, do that. Okay. Yeah. I'm just like, I think this might be the most disgusting thing I've ever seen Ali do. Like, I mean, and she's wait, done a lot of shit things. She kissed Billy. <laughs> okay, it was a fantasy, but that was uh, horrific to watch. No, this, this, this made me feel fucking. It sickened yeah. me. Yeah, it was. Disgusting. It really sickened me. It was gr- a gross display. Like I just and to do that to undermine your own work colleagues. Yeah, your own client. Because you're like, oh, I think we've been too mean to the man. Like, oh, like, I don't agree with it. And then to go on his show, Being he's so disgusting. such a blatant pig. Yeah. Whether it's real or a persona, I don't give a fuck. And, and the, the fact, fact that, that it's like, are, oh, but it's entertainment. Doesn't so matter. it's okay. And I'm just going to, like, be really coquettish and, like... <laughs> Gross yeah. and I, I, ugh, ugh, yeah. like you're, I, I just stop ugh. propping up the patriarchy. Yeah, like you are such a fucking enabler of of this stuff. Of terrible men. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You really are, and I, and it, and it's just, it's not entertainment. No, it's not a bit of fun. No, like I just, it, it, yeah, I just think what a shitty thing to do. Yeah. Only. Without even giving him a heads up that she was doing it, yeah. Either. Like the first Nell heard of it was when Richard was rushing to watch. And I TV. just, I just think she's a real shitbag. Yeah. Anyway, so then we have, 
Ling talking to Richard and Nell at, at Cajun Fish, like complaining about it, being like, the whole point was to make him suffer, and she goes on his show charming. She was nice. And Richard's like, some people can't help being nice. You know how it is. And like, they just look at each other, because obviously Ling is supposedly not nice. nice. Yeah. Um, and Nell was like, no one knew she was gonna. And Ling was like, I had a sick feeling about this law firm from the beginning. I won't pay. And then. Annie comes out of the elevator and, and, then she goes, and Ling goes there she is little Judas and I'm it's like true. yeah tell her Ling <laughs> and, and now goes at her as well she's like so how, how can you, you go and suds away everything we tried to and Annie's like what we did last night was disgusting Nell sorry technically I didn't betray any confidences and technically I didn't do anything to undermine our client's like, case that's exactly what you did yeah that's exactly what you did yeah um, and she says and hey I extended the firm's 15 minutes gotta love that and she goes into her office and shuts the door. Then there's a knock and she opens it like shouting because I think she assumes it's one of them by saying, go to hell! But it's John. <laughs> and she does her, he does his like smile. Therapy smile, smile yeah. yeah. And he's like, that was hurtful. And Annie's like, John, I'm sorry, I thought you were. And I was like, I just want to say, your concerns that this place might become something different, I share them. But as long as we have you, I know we'll keep what we have. Like, Don't encourage her, John. I like, know. For God's sake. And Ali's like really teary and says, that might be the best thing anyone's ever said oh, to I'm me. I'm really hating this. Um, and then she, um, basically, John's like, well, in which case, I'll leave on that note. And then John leaves and Ugh. Elaine comes in with a big... It just gets worse. I know. She comes in with a big bunch of flowers being like, they're for you and nobody dies. <laughs> And Annie's like, what? And Elaine's like, I peeked at the card. And I'm like, of course you did. Yeah. It says, to one classy broad, love Harold. And she's like, perhaps we have a new suitor. And I'm like, mm. And the worst thing is like, Ali like smiles to herself over this. Yeah, she's like, and I'm oh, just I like, did a good thing. Yay, a man likes me. Mm. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. I know. Uh, yeah, so so then we cut to, it's night time, it's the bar, Vonda's singing What Kind of Fool Do You Think I Am by Bill Deal and the Rondells, which is, what kind of fool do you think I am? Do you think I am? I don't know that one very well. Oh, it's so good. What kind of fool do you think I am? So she's seen that. John <laughs> is dancing with Nell. Richard is dancing with Ling. Ling. Georgia and Billy are like snuggling at the table. Yeah. And Ali approaches the table and says, oh, hey guys. And Georgia's like, a star is born. And yeah. she's like, oh, thank you. And Billy's like, Ali, in a million years. And Ali's like, I know, I don't know what came over me. But you know what? It didn't hurt. And, and then, then she spies, like, Ling dancing with Richard and now dancing with John. Yeah. And she's like, look at what we got here. What have we got yeah. going on up here? And George is like, I don't know, but it scares me. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see, like, now dancing with John and Nell's going, you can dance. I wouldn't have guessed. And, and John goes, I'm an enigma. And Nell's like, yeah, 
yes, you are. And she takes her hair out, so it's all like nice and yeah, long and bouncy. It shakes yeah. it around, and, and Ali looks struck. Yeah, she's just like shook at them all dancing and like getting on. And then Richard goes, "You can't deny that you're having fun." And Ling's like, "Yes, yes I can." And then she smiles at him. This like, like, really yeah. lovely, like radiant, genuine smile. smile. Yeah, from her. And those are the moments that I like the best with Ling yeah. and Richard when they're um, not when they're like sparring but when they're they do that sparring thing but then they soften and they're like it's they look at it's each other like, yeah. the way we banter do you yeah. know what I mean yeah. and I think up until that moment it's not been clear what that is what yeah. that is yeah. yet but now I think we're getting more into the chemistry ha- like bit the of rhythm, it like the rhythm the yeah. Way, yeah 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 and, and then Ali's just like well what the fuck is this bullshit and that's how the episode ends <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Now just it ends continue with Annie to dance. being like bitter. That's yeah, it. just looking disgusted at the fact that John her and two Nell friends have met having... wonderful women and are having a great time. <laughs> like, what kind of friend? Like, with friends like Ali, who the fuck needs enemies? And I'm just like, because I feel like it's especially directed at now. Yeah, more than it is at, at Ling in this particular. Elaine scene. is more got beef with Ling. Ling. Yeah, I and think Nell is like more Georgia and. I, I, do you know what? This is. I've just thought of this as we've been talking. What? But you know, as soon as Nell turned up, it was Georgia and Ali that initially was like, "We hate her" because they see her as like. Appear, yeah, and competitive with her, and I think Elaine, Elaine, was, Elaine was very Elaine, uh, admiring of her initially, first, but yeah. she wanted to be with the cool kids, so she's like, "We hate her, right? I'm gonna be with yeah. you. I'm gonna join in." But I think when Ling showed up this episode, Elaine was like, "Oh, she sees her as like." appear as in that neither of them are lawyers yeah and so she's like oh this is someone that i can hate and then i can have that same experience yeah. of hating on her she can be my person to hate they've got her their person which to is hate. mad because it's that thing of like okay well then you're fired you can't talk to clients like this yeah. you can't hate a client and it's like weird this. because ling is a client and yeah i think you're being so fucking unprofessional all of them are being unprofessional with yeah ling, but it's almost like they think well because she's nell's friend like it's not like a normal client we can just treat we her can, worse yeah and it's like no she's still a paying client Customer. and when she turns around and says i won't pay i was like well good, good for you, you. Yeah, yeah exactly and i'm just like uh, but in this moment i really i get the impression that she is really more disgusted by John and Nell than she is by Ling and Richard. Well, I think she doesn't really give and a shit who Richard dates. No, she cares about John. No, more. and I'm I, and I'm to the point where I'm just like, is she jealous? Is she jealous? Like that John sees something sees, in Nell that he doesn't see. Well, that he's moved on because he used to. Right. Like in the first yeah. season, there was this flirtation with the idea yeah. of them being and they never dating. went on a date. Well, they and went they, on one sorry, day. They went on one day and then and it ended badly. <laughs> <laughs> and she called it off and decided yeah. she didn't want to do that, which is fine. Exactly. But you can't now be like, well, be no one else can be with him. That he's moved on and found. I think it's probably because she assumed he'd move on to someone that she saw as less than her, or someone more like her. No, I think she assumed he'd move on to someone who is, like, not someone no, that she sees no. herself on the same level as. No, because I, I think she wants it. Because remember when Hayley yeah. came along? Yeah, yeah. And she was very into that idea. Yeah, but Hayley, Hayley was is kook. not knockout gorgeous, like, no, no. I'm not saying she's not attractive. I'm no. just saying, and her personality was adorable and I yes. loved her. But... 
I'm just saying that she's probably, in her stupid warped sense, she sees Nell as like gold standard woman, which is why she's so jealous of her. Yeah. And Haley's just like, oh, just a normal woman. Nice. So fine. John, go for her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Nell is like a babe. Like, she could she be is on a model. the yeah. top of yeah. the cover of a magazine, yeah. whereas Haley is not that person. No. And neither is Ali. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just think she didn't assume... I think she just assumed it would be someone more like Haley, not like this someone who every head turns when she walks in yeah. the room. Yeah. You know and, I mean? and I feel like... Yeah, so maybe it's that thing of like... Oh, you've upgraded, and that annoys me. <laughs> like yeah. that you've gone from liking but me I mean, to liking hate, now. But also, she hated now before John even expressed yes. interest in her. Yeah, she's just irrationally always hated now, and she's now finding it's like confirmation bias. Once she's decided that, she's finding things. She's ignoring all the things that tell her that she's not a bitch. No, like her being nice yeah. and gathering information and confirming her own uh, yeah. prejudice against her. Yeah, being like. She's awful. Oh, and John likes her. Ooh, yeah, like, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. So, I just it's it's ugly. Yeah, it's horrible. It, I really am not enjoying the way women are written on this no, show. These this first season. Two episodes. Yeah, it's awful. It's not been good no. thus far. Yeah, which is weird because I just remember season two being like one of the best seasons. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll get maybe it'll get better, guys. We <laughs> Retrial. We've got two cases. There's Ling Wu versus Harold Wick in the she sued him for being for being secondhand sexist smoke. <laughs> um, who would you find in favour of? So this is a bit of a difficult one because it's one of those things where I'm like, I understand and appreciate like the spirit of Ling's case. Mm. And I actually thought Nell made a really good argument yes, to get it off. Very the much. However, I think couching it in sexual harassment in the workplace. I think that's the wrong place to put it mm. because I'm just I, and it's a weird I think thing to Lee's do. From Lee's perspective, it's the only way that she can the address the only this. cause of action that she tenuously has. Like she can't just sue him for being a terrible misogynist. Misogynist. I on think. The radio. I, yeah, I think, and I think like we can't sue Piers Morgan for being but terrible. I, yeah, but at the same time, I can't help but feel like yeah, maybe because I was like, is this the show trying to belittle that that issue like because I was just like the the actual issue is that radio shows and their ilk like that that spew this like toxic waste Mm -hmm. over the airwaves like it results in maintaining and furthering misogyny in society and thus makes the world the world a hostile place for women to live in I see a parallel I, with that and like you remember the 90s lad mags yeah nuts Zoom. yeah I don't know if they had them in America but those yeah like it's a similar argument that says like they're in the world and they're causing they're yeah. perpetuating these really problematic yeah. attitudes and then the I think they didn't they change the law so they had to be like they had to have covers out on of them. the way of like they had to have like modesty yeah. covers yeah. or something. Like out the way so children could couldn't see, see them it. and be impressed upon uh, those yeah. ideas and, and that I, kind of thing. I think And there's no none of that protection for what he's putting out and his, no. what he's putting out is also really problematic because, in that way. Like and it's one of those things where I'm like <sighs> And now those lads mags basically don't really exist anymore. No, because you've got the internet. Yeah. 
you know? But then you've got the internet for all sorts of things that magazines cover. Mm. And they've not, not, magazines hasn't died yet. No. But I think, I think the thing is, it's, it's like how far... Like, what was the sort of content that Lads Mags used to do and the sort of content that he does. I'm not saying it doesn't exist at all anymore, but it I'm saying totally it's, does. it's not as mainstream media as it used to be. I think it exists mostly on the internet. I think we're, yeah, and I think this at, is... Because attitudes are changing. It may be. I don't know. And what know. isn't as acceptable I don't change. know. I think... Like, you couldn't launch a lads mag like that today. Or a website like that. Like, a, 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 a mainstream media kind of website that is credible today. I don't know. And have people be like, sure. I think it's easier now to critique that stuff. Yeah. And to highlight it and be like, this is not cool. Because but of you're social not seen, media. So people were critiquing it at the time, but they were seen as like fringe activists. Yeah. As opposed to the prevailing. But I think, I think, <sighs> it's one of those things where I'm like, what, the, the answer to misogyny and lots of, uh, and many different forms of oppression is like it's a multi-pronged thing mm. i think that there should be laws around hate speech and i think misogyny should fall into that mm. as as well as racist and yeah. homophobic and yeah it, it yeah. misogyny should be taken seriously and i don't think like i really like in nottingham they're um trialing misogyny laws oh, in 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 nottingham it's it's basically a class every so it's they're not making anything illegal that wasn't illegal before mm -hmm. or anything like that but it's just like when someone is raped when someone is sexually assaulted when someone is uh groped or uh catcalled or wolf whistled or yeah um intimidated like it it, it gets it gets it gets reported as a hate it, as miso misogynistic uh, yeah, hate crime, yeah, yeah. basically, and it doesn't matter if it's a crime or not, it will still get reported and taken seriously. So yeah. you won't be thrown in jail for wolf whistling if you're like on a building site and you wolf whistle at someone, but the police may go to your firm yeah. and say this behaviour is occurring, yeah. intimidating women on the street. Yeah. We've recorded it as a hate crime yeah like misogyny yeah you need to have a word with your workers yeah like i think and i think that's how we start drawing these lines and being like this is not acceptable yeah there are just this isn't a free speech issue you can go and say what you want but we don't have to give you a platform i don't I think, think that's i don't thing, think, I think for me it's about platforms i don't think you should get paid for no, saying hate, no. no one should be able to make money from hate speech. I don't think, I, 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 I think, like, there are things in our society that we have no tolerance for. Yeah. And misogyny and racism and ho homophobia and... and it's like, you like, can go and, and spew whatever bile you want in whatever ridiculous corners of the internet you want, but mm. what mainstream society shouldn't do is endorse it. it. 
not only tolerate it, but endorse it by giving mm. it a platform, a platform and saying your and view saying is just legitimate. as valid yeah. as someone. It's legitimate. And, and, and that's the problem. And yes. that's the problem with this guy. Yeah. He shouldn't be allowed to broadcast on TV and on the yeah. airwaves. And I think it's He like... can create his own fucking podcast yeah. and do what he wants that way, but iTunes don't have to host it. Do you know what no. I mean? Like, and I think that there's a thing of like also... No, that doing that what isn't the oh like there's this is such an ancient like with all oppression it's such an ancient problem mm. that is ancient roots mm. like there is no one quick fix you mm. need a multi-pronged approach mm. so you need your mm. laws you need education you yeah. need media yeah. to be responsible yeah. and and point out like you know it's just there's so there's so much in our society that we could do and yeah. we don't. Yeah. And and I feel like and I think that this is the problem with this case is that it I understand why like I say I understand and appreciate the spirit of it. Yeah. But it's wrapped up in sexual harassment at work and I just don't think it fits in there. No. And it doesn't and as a result it doesn't quite work. What what your I think she was doing that because that was the only avenue. Yeah, and it's just like but that isn't on. it's not And they make it's a good not point. in in yeah, but it's not addressing the big bigger, wider issue, which no. is that no one should be able to make money and be given a platform for spewing what is essentially hate speech yeah. is dehumanizing. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it contributes to an oppression of a group of people. Yeah. And that should be against the law. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I can't give, like, a verdict on this because... You don't think it's the right case to bring. It's not the right... Yeah, it's it's the wrong... It's The case is dressed up inappropriately. <laughs> and it's got nowhere to go. <laughs> Skirt's too short. Yeah, okay. The, and the, the horse case. The other case we had was Daly versus Paul's Bistro. It's uh, just fucking ridiculous. I mean, I find in favour of Paul's Bistro. Yeah, obviously. obviously. Like, ask how the about... waiter. If you don't understand French and you're at a French restaurant and they haven't got an English translation, how about just you ask just fucking, fucking waiter. <laughs> yeah. Jesus like, Christ. you can't complain. And while you're at it, look up what foie gras is because that will make your blood boil if you've cared about I horses. Know. Oh my god. Verdict of the week. The jury's back. Ali is guilty. Ah, that's what I got. Really? Ali is guilty. Yeah. Uh, you, why, you, you go first. Well, she's shitty towards Ling for no real reason. And the whole thing of going on the radio show. And just like, it was not only like a terrible undermining and undercutting of your new colleague mm -hmm. and your new client. Yeah. So unprofessional on two levels. Yeah. But... You, what point did you prove other than you were a fucking nitwit? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how she comes across. She comes across as completely clueless and a bit of an airhead because she's like... <laughs> well, she's almost like she's playing a character, isn't it? It's weird. It, and like, it, why do you want people to perceive you that way? That way. Like, why... Not, why and she's like, I extended the Cajun Fishes 15 minutes. I'm like, I wouldn't want my 15 minutes to be extended with that. Yeah. Like, I'm that doesn't like, make us look good in the slightest. Like, you... I, I'm just... Uh, I'm, you flirted with 
so, like sludge. A, a, yeah, literal slime. Like, like. I'm embarrassed for you. I'm, I'm really for embarrassed for well, you. Well, I found her guilty for being so anti Nell and Ling yeah. for the most part, but also that. But I feel like, I mean, she's not done herself any favours, and most people who listen to it will hear that. So. Yeah, and I just think like, yeah, what were you trying to? I don't understand what you think you were proving. No, like, I don't. I don't understand what. What <laughs> kind of fool do you think you are? Do you think you a big one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what so, an idiot. Yeah. yeah. So, problematic episode. <sighs> really fucked me off that radio show. Thing. Yeah. It was. I, I was like, I feel sick. Yeah. I feel sick awful. watching you flirt coquettishly yeah. I know. with this piece of human And garbage. how do you feel about Dankashan? Now that he's played that uh, character. Oh, well, it's, you know, he's an, he's an, it's an, a character. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't feel the need to associate maybe with him. Maybe it's real. Maybe. Ma- maybe. <laughs> but I've not done any kind of research into yeah. that. So I will, I think I will purposely just choose to believe he is no! not <laughs> Yeah, so I can enjoy Dankeschön more. Dankeschön. Yeah. Well, Dankeschön for listening to this episode Dankeschön. if you've got to this stage. And um, what did you think of the episode? Let us know. We are on Twitter at Bygones Podcast. On Facebook, just search for Bygones Podcast. We're on Instagram at Bygones Instagram Pod, and you could email us even. Love to get a little email at Bygones Podcast <laughs> at gmail dot com. Yes, and yeah, let's hope that this series improves because Eleanor's about to slit her wrist. I'm really like, yeah, I'm not happy about what's happening. I'll get you a bucket, Mister Chris. I, I just, <laughs> I'm really, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, Street, you were sweet, dark as shame.